Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As I was just checking something out. Welcome into the show. It is that being said, it is our Sunday morning tradition that continues into our ninth season, our 33rd week. The tradition continues into week number three of the NFL. We'll be covering them all here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And we got back on track. Okay, well, okay, Sunday got back on track. Had a good hit. went, uh, looks like, 10-5-1, uh, and, and Todd uh, had a rough week. Uh, he went 8-7-1. and one. So uh, I bounced back big time and tied it all up. Now, the overall standings for the the picks here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, uh, Cuervo and I have tied up on the show which is always good. That means we're right there. It means we're all on the same page, which is always nice. We are 18, 12, and 2. Tarvin is 17, 13, and 2. And actually, Todd's tied with us, too, at 18, 12, and 2 as well uh, with our picks. So uh, we're all right there, averaging nine a week. That's what I like. As we move into... Week number three of the NFL, and we already saw one game pop off as the Cleveland Browns got their first victory since forever in a day. And um, it, it's, almost, it's almost hard to believe that they went out there and got the victory. But at the same time, when you look at what the Browns have been able to do, you know, they should be playing up. for me. The blasphemy. That, that is not Allen. Kicking game, this team would be 3-0. and I mean, we would be talking, but they're the Cleveland Browns. They're, they're, the, they're cursed by the NFL football gods. Cursed, I tell you. And this team always has the potential, but they can never get over the hump. And that's going to be the big question for that team as they move forward. Will they ever be able to get over the hump? Uh, you know, the simple fact of the I matter don't think is, so, Jim. I don't think so either, Al. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I don't think so. I mean, this is a team that first has uh, to talk to you. Don't talk about yeah, they got playoffs? playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I, no. I, I know. 
When you talk about this team in playoffs, you, you got you got to look at the Cleveland Browns. If they win six games, they, I mean, it, it's amazing if they end up winning six games. And and I think they can win six games. And frankly, guys, I don't even know what their schedule is, who they're about ready to. Uh, all I know is they have the AFC North, and those are some tough games. And they hung in there. They didn't lose that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't win it either, but they didn't lose it. And that's the important thing for this football team. Now, let's take a look at the standings within the NFL because that's obviously the thing that means everything. And there's some surprising teams up on top of the standings. So let's hop into that after I hit that button right there, move this over here. And what what the hell is this? That's not what I wanted. I wanted that. There we go. All right, so. The standings are as such. And we'll start in the AFC where on the east side, we have a 2-0 and Miami Dolphin team on top. Okay, that's pretty pathetic. I mean, because you want to talk about a team that doesn't have an identity, it's the Miami Dolphins. Followed by the New England Patriots at 1-1. One and one. The New York Football Jets. One and two. And 0-2 oh are the Buffalo Bills, the, the, the blood the blood watching, my eyes, ble- the eye bleeding team in the NFL this year has got to be the Buffalo Bills. They're god awful. Over in the AFC North, Cincinnati two and zero, Cleveland. I mean, I don't know if this is the first time in the history, but I'm just going to say it probably is. Cleveland's one one and one, one one and one on the season. Baltimore one and one. And Pittsburgh, oh, one and one. Maybe Pittsburgh will be one, one and one after today. Who knows? Now, looking at the West, Kansas City on top in that division, tied up with the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos and Kansas City are two and out. The Los Angeles Chargers, I, I really have a hard time. They'll always be the San Diego Chargers to me. One and one. And the Oakland Raiders, 0-2, and And in the AFC South, on top, my team, Jacksonville Jaguars, 2-0. I still don't trust them. The quarterback is always going to be the question, but still don't trust them. Tennessee, 1-1, Indianapolis, 1-1, and and Houston, a shocking 0-2. I picked them to win this division. And they can't get off the schneid to save their life. Now, over in the NFC North, or I marked that, the NFC East, Dallas Cowboys 1-0 tied with the Washington Redskins, Philadelphia 1-1 as well, and the New York football Giants 0-2. Now, here's the interesting thing about this division, because no one can decide if they want to be good or not. Yes, Dallas Cowboy fans, it's just a fact. Your team is not good. Deal with it, live with it, and be with it. I picked your team to win the division, but it'll take until week 16 to figure it out. But New York is literally two games out, and they look god-awful, and you know it. In the NFC North, the Green Bay Pack, pack Attack on the top at 1-1 one and one with Minnesota, or 1-0-1, oh along with Minnesota, 1-0-1. Oh Chicago, 1-1, 0-2 oh Detroit Lions. And then the South, 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2-0, and oh, the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, and New Orleans Saints all 1-1 one and one in the South. In the West, the Los Angeles Rams 2-0, and oh, San Francisco 1-1, one and 0-2 one, oh, for the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. You want to talk about a fall from grace? How about you be the Seattle Seahawks? And, and it don't matter how good Russell Wilson, uh, uh, Russell Wilson is, and he is. He is a bad MFer without question. But how far is he going to be able to take him without any help, at least a little bit, on the defensive side? That's what is in store for the Seattle Seahawks. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. That takes us to where we are right now. We're about ready to pop into these games, and Cuervo is probably late. He's over there getting his getting his high and tight right now, getting his hair cut. Nine o'clock, unless he, he, he could have had a late night last night. Hell, I don't know. But a lot of games up on board. There's some games that, that we are definitely going to be watching today. Sunday night football is is a um, how you say you know come back you know Detroit Lions are taking on New England Patriots with uh, their head coach over there in Detroit used to be the defensive coordinator but the Lions are own too. <laughs> By the way, Tom Brady not very happy about how his team played. And listen, you know, I've been reading all kinds of things. You know, Tom's a little bit tired of Bill's shtick, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you something. It doesn't matter, guys. And I'll tell you the reason why it doesn't matter. I was watching this morning Lawrence Taylor, okay? Lawrence Taylor and uh, Bill Parcells at each other's stores all the time, but they loved each other. Guys, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter. He might be tired of his shtick. But let me tell you something, you make Super Bowls, it don't matter. You make playoffs, it don't matter. You have a bad game, doesn't matter. There's too much there's too much to be worried about as far as that's concerned. And I, I just you know, I don't I don't worry about Tom Brady or the magic man himself. Yes, I'm talking about Bill Belichick. But that having been said, in case you didn't you know, call it's Cuervo on a Sunday morning. It's that being said, my friend, how are you coming to you live from the CA? What's going on, dog? Sunny, what's up? How you doing this morning? Doing good. Hey, did you see the records? We're tied. 18, 12, and uh, yeah. 10. Yeah, I know you came back strong, Sonny. I, I, see, I, I have did, to man. I pounded it. I pounded it, and it was that just last minute the epiphany I had about the head coach of this football team. I, I decided, and I decided it last week. You can go back and listen. I have mm-hmm. decided that the head coach of that football team should be a defensive coordinator only because evidently the job of being a head coach over there for the Jets is just too much. Yeah, he's not really getting the support he needs on the offensive side now. You know, I mean, you can make the argument that they don't have the the talent or the you know, guys on the field to to execute and whatnot. But I, at the same time, I think that 
you know, there's there's a lot of problems with the coaching too. I mean, it's just there's just absolutely lack, lack of lack of uh, talent coaching everything offensively. So you know, defensively, I think the New York Jets are fine. Just, I mean, it's it's that. But we've got, I think we've gotten accustomed to that though, Sonny. We, we've known the Jets to be that type of football team, it's all defense all day, and they just don't do a whole lot on the offensive side of the football. Well, they, they held the Cleveland Browns to the 21 points, but that wasn't enough. That means they weren't scoring offensively. Um, so that's mm-hmm. always going to be, you know, something to look at when you when you talk about the Jets as well. Um, so, But at the same time, Cuervo, this, this is a football team that had a defense all set for the man to come in. Todd Bowles should, should have been able to just step right in and mold this defense the way it should have been able to be molded. And and he didn't, and he hasn't been able to. I mean, you know, again, that the uh, uh, the the Jets hold Miami to 20 points, but they only score 12. You know, now granted, they got a lot of offensive problems. So, but that the the problem in reality, I think, is the head coach. They need somebody, or at least an offensive coordinator, that can turn this team around. Because where the Jets are right now is not a good place. Is Buffalo or the uh, the New York Jets are one and two, almost next to Buffalo. Um, but that loss against the Cleveland Brown just really tells you off. Offensively, they just can't get done. Or is that Cleveland defense for real? And I'm going to tell you, I think the Cleveland defense is for real because in reality, Cuervo, you, you weren't on when I said it. We are talking about a football team that could be 3-0 in reality. Stephen, I know. I know. That is that that is a horrible statement to say there, Cuervo. But this team could be very easily three and zero right now on top of the AFC um, AFC North right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when, you know, in week one, if they, if a couple of things would have went their way, uh, I mean, they had what six turnovers on the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one, and yep. then you know, just a couple things had to go their way, and they could have won that game. Then you look to last week. You know, if they had a kicker that could make a freaking extra point or, or even one field goal, one field goal yep. and the two extra points that he missed, that was five points that were left uh, yep. off the board. And that would have been enough to get a win as well. So, I, absolutely, I think they could very easily be 3-0. and It's just, you know, what did we say after those games? Well, that's the Cleveland Browns for you. And, yep. you know, the, finally in week three, all, all the all – the, the aches and pains of, of the two, the first two games of the season finally came together for them on a Thursday night, which, by the way, we did pick that uh, game correctly. We picked the Browns to win. Yep. Just a little pack, pat on the back for us. But, um, you know, it finally came together for them. And, and you know, to answer to answer a question that you were just talking about, yeah, I think the, I think the Browns defense is for real, too. I mean, they've got some I do. good yep. pieces in the right places. So let, let's let's – Let's make that, you know, the important part of the statement is, is they have good pieces, but they're also in the right places. You know, what do we always talk about on defense? You want a guy that can get to the quarterback and a shutdown corner. And I think the Browns have both of those. And that was, and 
that only just spells trouble for teams that face them. Instead of looking at the Browns as being an automatic victory, now you actually got to work for it. So um, teams that are facing the Browns, you better you better gear up, and that's always going to be the question. Let's bring in the seven one four. Who's this online, my friend? Seven one four. Did it ding? There it goes. Is this Todd? Yes, it is, guys. How you doing? All right. Todd, are the Browns for real? You know what? We all would have looked bad if if Detroit, if Taylor had stayed in the game because here here's the thing. I was watching that game while you were calling our Wild Eagles going three and zero. I was doing double work watching that whole game and listening to you with Bill doing that great broadcast, and we wiped out Naaman Forrest to go three and zero on Thursday night. But uh, yep. we all would have looked bad. We all would have looked bad, Sonny, had Mayfield not come into the game because. The Jets did get off to a 14 to nothing lead, and um, Taylor couldn't do anything throwing the ball. They were He was like 4 for 14 for 19 yards. The crowd was booing. The Jets scored two first-quarter touchdowns uh, with Crowell, and they were running the ball effectively. But the, everything changed when Mayfield came into the game. And when Baker came into the game, he ignited everybody. The defense took off. Uh, Darnold never did much in the entire game throwing the ball. It was all running. That pass rush got to him. The defense really started to come to play. And once uh, Mayfield got moving, they got a couple of field goals that he got, led him to a nice touchdown drive. The momentum was clearly Cleveland's. And uh, it was such an exciting event uh, to watch their fans react like that and for that whole team to turn things around. Yeah, and Hugh Jackson's about ready to lose his job. I mean, Hugh Jackson, you know, yes, you want to have respect for the guy that, you know, that is your guy, that'd be Tyrod Taylor. But next week, if Baker Mayfield's not starting for that football team, you, 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 if you're ownership, you got to question what's going on. I, because you're talking about Equervo, that was, I went back and I watched this game, okay? Um, I, you're talking about a totally different. I mean, it reminds me of the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Okay, and the way the reason why I say is is that you couldn't get that that offense to play for Tony Romo to save his life. Okay, Dak Prescott comes in, all of a sudden he's the second coming. Okay, that's what that looked like on Thursday night when Baker Mayfield came in Cuervo and took over for Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it's funny. It was it was almost like you know a, a, a culture had changed, not just the quarterback. And I think, yep. and I think that's that's what the Cleveland that's what the Cleveland Browns were looking for. And by the way, Sonny, um, it's already official. Tomorrow, Hugh Jackson is going to name Baker Mayfield starter. Okay, that's good. He, at least he's not going to put his job in jeopardy because that'd just be dumb. Um, so they they need to watch out for that. So. That being said, of course, that's the name of this show. It's all about the games. It's all about the picks. It's all about that. And I got to get a message over to uh, Tarvin uh, to get us our pick, his, you know, our, his picks for this week. Let's go ahead and let's start off with the first game that's up on top of it. It's it, it, hard to believe that we're about ready to watch the, the guy leading Buffalo Bills take on the Minnesota Vikings. I have 
absolutely nothing to say about this game except that it, the, the schedule is lining up for Kirk Cousins to be a good quarterback. Okay, now, I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think the schedule is going to line up good for him, um, as you, you can say whatever you want. And I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, never will be. I don't believe into him. I think this is a tougher schedule will show you what kind of quarterback he is. But at the same time, you've got to look at what's going to be heading your way. The Buffalo's defense is not too bad, but it's not going to be enough on the road, Cuervo. I didn't have a lot to say about Minnesota and Buffalo. What do you got on Minnesota and Buffalo there, Cuervo? Yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, it's a tough game um, <clears throat> last week against, against Green Bay, which leads me to believe that I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think that that game up in Green Bay took a lot of out of the Vikings and kind of disappointing that the result was a tie. So, um, you know, I, I, I still think the Vikings will win. Uh, I just think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. And that's not giving – I'm not trying to give credit to the Buffalo Bills by any means. Uh, what I am saying, though, is that, you know, tough division game in week two, it, it can it can uh, take a lot out of you early in the season. So, uh, I still think Minnesota wins but close. I, I, yeah, I don't even think it's going to be a close. Todd, go ahead. I don't see it being close at all, and especially with the Vikings' ability to force turnovers. Uh, they're plus two already in two games, and Buffalo's minus three. Buffalo's 31st in scoring, only ahead of Arizona, Minnesota's fifth. The game's in Minnesota. It wouldn't even matter if it was at Buffalo unless it was bad weather elements. Uh, I can't see how Buffalo is going to keep this game close. I don't care who would have been the quarterback, Perlman, Josh Allen, it doesn't matter. And, it's, and the rookie's going to get really flustered. Minnesota is going to come out to bear this week, coming off a tie. Um, I just I cannot see how this can even be a competitive game, honestly. Uh, I, got a, I have Minnesota win this game by at least a couple of touchdowns. I got 34-7 on this. If it it doesn't get any worse than that, I'd be completely shocked. So, not spending a lot of time on that game. The game I want to get to because, you know, there's certain teams that I look at, and i got to ask the question, are they pretenders or contenders? And we got two teams going head at it with that being said. Of course, that's the name of this show. 2-0 Cincinnati Bengals and the Carolina Panthers, who lost last week, uh, one and one. Are they pretenders? Are they contenders? One of these teams are going to make a good play to say that they are contenders. Uh, Cincinnati's been playing like the team that we really thought that they could be playing for the last four years in reality with Andy Dalton at the quarterback position. Cam Newton, he takes a big shot last week, which was a crap uh, crap. Uh, shot that he had to take. That was a guy that was trying to put a guy out of the game, and that's what ended up happening. He got himself thrown out of the game. But it wasn't like Cam Newton wasn't the same guy after that hit. Okay, he was. There was really no effect from that hit in reality that, that I saw. So, that being said, Cuervo, you're talking about a football team and the Carolina Panthers who are home, and this is a team that when you expect them to win, they, they're not winning, but then they can rip off eight games in a row, two seasons in a row. And are we going to get that same kind of performance a little bit later on in the season when they get into dire straits when they got to start winning football games? That's going to be the question. So 
When you're looking at this game, Cuervo, are the Cincinnati Bengals or Carolina both pretenders? Are they both contenders, or are they one and one in reality when you look at those two football teams going in today's game? I mean, I, I think that uh, Cincinnati's still a pretender. Look, they beat Indianapolis and, and a Baltimore Ravens team that you just don't know which version of them is going to show up every week. Okay, so that's true. I, 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 I'd like to I'd like to give Marvin Lewis credit for them being two and zero so uh, start to start the season. Uh, at the same time, though, Sonny, we've we've seen this before, and I'm not saying they're. Gonna I don't crack think the so, bed. Jim. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not saying they're going to crap the bed the rest of the year. At the same time, though, I don't. I don't think we should really buy into the Bengals a little too much until they play in a, a worthy. Uh, opponent, and I think Carolina, you know, playoff team last year. I think this could be a this is going to be a really good test for the Bengals. Yeah, it's going to be a really good test. But here's where I'm thinking: where I, you know, I'm leaning towards the home team. In reality, you look at Bengals, and they had Joe Mixon. What did Mixon do for you? He, he had a big game in in his game, uh, the first game against the Baltimore Ravens in the 34-23. Then. Yeah, it finished, I think it was 84 yards, 21, yeah, 84 yards, 21 carries over to the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, ran for 95 yards. Um, he also, uh, 17 carries in the season ending over uh, Indianapolis, but it was Bernard who stepped in Mixon's role and just disappeared. Only 25 yards on seven carries. So th- it's obviously this football team wasn't ready for uh, Bernard to become that feature guy at the running back position. Now, you think about what ends up happening with that guy, 680 yards in the first two, uh, I marked that, in the first uh, three seasons. Um, he had 458 yards and two rushing touchdowns in 2017. Um, so he's limited in practice as well. So the question that you got to ask yourself is, without having a you know really good running game there, Todd, what are we're expecting a, the AC Green Andy Dalton game? And I don't know if they're going to get that with the Carolina Panther defense. What do you think? No, I don't think so either, Sonny. And the reality is that AG Green had a monster game uh, um, against the Baltimore Ravens. He didn't do so well the first time around. And um, the thing is, I, I look for Carolina to beat McCaffrey. He catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. Um, Carolina will probably run the ball. This is one of six games this week, Sonny, that I think are that will probably make the difference in how the three of us pick. The six games that I consider kind of close, either team can kind of win kind of games. I'm still concerned about Cincinnati's defense, though. They're still near the bottom of the league in defense. They're giving up over 400 yards a game, which is which is a lot. Um, and as I think, I, I pr- think that Carolina will run the ball, uh, you know, quite a bit as much as they can. But uh, um, I don't see where Cincinnati is going to have enough, and I don't think that AJ is going to have the kind of game that he did against Baltimore. And if and if he doesn't, um, I can't see them winning. Although. It's going to be a close game. I, I don't really see – I see kind of like a middle-of-the-road scoring game in this one. Um, but, I, I, as I said, I still really question Cincinnati's defense, which really was not all that great against Indianapolis. And as we saw, they struggled a lot after building the big lead against Baltimore. It's just that Baltimore just had too much of a, of a hill to climb in that game. But uh, 
the Bengals defense still worries me, and that's why for me, I still can't take them really overly seriously uh, as nothing more than a pretender at this point. Because if you're going to be 27th in the league defensively out of 32 teams after two weeks of play, um, you know that doesn't bode well for me for uh, future uh, a future uh, success. And you look at Carolina, they had a streak of 21 consecutive games without allowing a 100-yard rusher. Well, last week against the Falcons, that changed. But it's the defense in reality that will have to be on the Bengals' you know, mind in reality, that being A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. Um, he has had 11 catches, 161 t- uh, yards, and four touchdowns. So in reality, when you look at this game, th- th- they are not going to be able to run the football. The focus will be on Andy Dalton and take out A.J. Uh, Green. And I think that's the, the, the strategy in reality, Cuervo, when you look at this game. Um, so you also got to look at the Panthers have won six in a row at home and uh, teams out uh, teams also out there that have done six in a row, Minnesota and New England, uh, for the longest active streak right now in the NFL. So that, that having been said, I'm just you know expecting Cam Newton just to do enough, Cuervo, to win this game because you can say whatever you want about the Carolina Panthers. This is not a team that blows any team out in the NFL, never mind uh, Cincinnati Bengals team, that I think will be in, in it in the fourth quarter but will relinquish the lead to Carolina in the fourth quarter and the Carolina Panthers being at home. Yeah, I could see that scenario playing out, Sonny. I mean, I think, I think it's very simple as far as being able to stop the Cincinnati Bengals offensively. If you can, if you can slow AJ Green down and, and get him in you know, double coverage, uh, honestly, that that's that's all you really have to do. Because, yeah, now now don't get me wrong, John Ross is a, can be a dangerous guy with the speed that he brings. But um, I don't think the problem is I don't think Dalton looks looks to him enough. And you know you've got a weapon in Tyler Rife is being underutilized as well, and, and it's unfortunate. Kind of the same situation in, in Detroit with Matthew Stafford, and that's why Eric Ebron Absolutely. So I, I think that's what you have, and, and that's why, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to side with you on this one. I think the Panthers will find a way to stop A.J. Green. Not necessarily shut him down, but he's not going to have three touchdowns. And, uh, you agree. know, the running game, you know, we know Carolina can take care of that. So, um, you know, and as far as offensively, I mean, look, Cam is, is going to do what he does, and and you just hope that he certainly survives game by game. And um, you know, McCaffrey, I think, is a guy that um, he'll never become like a star running back. Uh, I think he'll be just a guy that does just enough to to be productive and and help you win football games. So, uh, so I, I like Carolina today. Yep, and Todd is on Carolina as well. So that being said, that takes us to the next team that's up on board. The Denver Broncos on the road. They are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore, hey, listen, Denver 2-0, but let's just say this. In reality, when you talk about the Denver Broncos, this is really simple. They're lucky to be 2-0. I mean, so this is not a football team that has been overpowering anybody. Um, Sometimes they say sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I think Denver falls into that 
place. But you also have the Baltimore Ravens. And right now, this is going to be the game because I think what's going to happen is is that we're not going to see a Baltimore Ravens Joe Flacco guy that we should. I, I, I think we are going to see the Joe Flacco that we should. And the reason why I say that is because this guy will go two games and then go off. Okay. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, th- this is not a good football team. One week, next week, Joe Flacco figures out how to do it against a football team that, in reality, that are pretenders. I'm going to put it out there, and I know Todd don't want to hear it. The Denver Broncos are pretenders. They are not contenders in the AFC. They're hell. They're not even contenders in their own division. So that having been said, now she love the Todd who wants to take take his fist and shove it down my throat. The, the Denver Broncos, Todd, have got a lot of work to do because their schedule requires them to get better at about the middle of the season to the end. I'm not going to come down on your throat because I was the one who said before the start of the season I had the Chargers winning the division. I I never am biased. I always look it down the road. I do think they'll be competitive. I do think they have a chance in this division. I know Kansas, I don't know how long Kansas City can continue playing like this. The Raiders are certainly yeah. a mess. Um, I mean, I think it's too early to tell, but I'll be honest with you. I've not been exactly uh, thrilled with Case Keenum up to this point at all. Uh, he has done just enough to win the game, so that's all I can say. Last week, the Raiders controlled the most, most of the game. They slowed the game down to a crawl with a lot of running, and Derek Carr's short passing was effective. They just were not able to hang on at the end, and Keenum made just enough big plays. But uh, I still get PO'd with uh, Sanders, who is a very lazy receiver, who just does, I don't know, he's a, a God's gifted, t- I mean, not Sanders, but uh, Demarius Thomas, I'm sorry. That's what I yes, meant. There you he's, go. An, he's an absolute enigma. You know, he, 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 you know, he makes, he drops a lot of passes. He doesn't seem to make great efforts to help his offense maintain drives. And, you know, he's always been an enigma. I know many of us wanted him to be gone in the off season, but the, the reality is, is that um, Denver has been very flexible. Uh, with they've used three different running backs. Okay, and now Philip Lindsay, uh, the undrafted kid out of Colorado, was the all-time Buffalo's rushing leader up in Boulder, has basically become the starting running back for that team, and he's done very, very well. And he just he provides a spark to that team. He uh, gets the crowd involved because he, he runs so hard and he hustles so hard. And it's, uh, you know, Royce Freeman was uh, basically the starter for the first two games. He plays a little bit early, and we'll see this. Then Lindsey will take over the game uh, and carry the majority of the time. But, um, no, and as long as Case Keenum is there, Sonny, um, you know, he's an adequate – He's to me, he's a, you know, he's a B-to-C-plus quarterback. And for me, I want Super Bowl wins. I don't like just to be competitive. I expect to be the best. And, um, you know, I just feel he is a carekeeper quarterback at this particular point in time. So, no, I I don't trust him week to week. In fact, I'm not picking him today. Uh, Baltimore has always been a problem for us, especially we we won the last time we were there in Baltimore, Sonny, but the Ravens have always given us – traditionally a lot of difficulties because defensively they always seem to confuse us. We don't win the battles of the line. And uh, Flacco usually has pretty good games against us. So, uh, for one thing, I'm not picking Denver today at all. And Baltimore, 
Baltimore's defense is, is second in the league. And offensively, they're seventh. So, you know, I think Flacco will do enough in this game to win this game. I'll get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, but I don't think it's Denver's defenses have been really that great either. So I, I think he'll do enough. It hasn't. No, they haven't. They're, they haven't, but except for Vaughn Miller, who has been a monster. You know, he has four sacks. And, uh, but you know what? The Ravens are going to figure out some kind of scheme to try to double him as much as possible and make other guys make plays. And uh, as I said, I, yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for them. And honestly, I mean, Joe Flacco, I think, is going to throw for enough yards. It's basically going to be if their running game can get anything at all going uh, in this game, uh, I, I have to be honest with you, I think they'll bait Keenum into enough mistakes. And, and so my feeling on that is, is that I, 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 like, uh, I like Baltimore. Yeah, Denver's defense right now, okay, they were blanked by the Raiders in the second half of that game last week. Uh, but that also, that was Derek Carr became the first player in NFL history with a completion rate of better than 90% in a game when attempting 30 or more passes in a game. So the Broncos have allowed six players, uh, six plays of 20 plays or more in that game last week. And Joe Flacco can get get the ball down the field, Cuervo. So when I was looking at that, if, they, if they're going to have success, of course, they got to run away from Vaughn Miller. Okay, so if they keep the ball away from Miller's side of the football, uh, football field, running the football, and Joe Flacco can get the ball down the field like he can, I, I think this one's pretty much puts the, uh, Baltimore uh, in the position to get the victory. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Sonny, a lot of what Todd was talking about kind of Remind you know, reminding me of my, some of my thoughts that I had is kind of similar to what I was thinking too. Because you know, the other thing I was thinking about too is that you know, Denver's played their first two games at home. They haven't really tested themselves yep. on the road, and and I think that's that's where the problem is going to lie. Is just you know, the whole atmosphere of not being at home, and you know, how is Case Keenum going to respond to that? I, I mean. I'm not, you know, I mean, obviously he's played a road game in the NFL before. And it's not about that. It's just with this team, with him, you know, with this offense, you know, they haven't really been, they haven't been tested on the road yet. So to me, it sounds like a small detail, but it's little things like that that can turn into bigger issues during a game. So that's what I think about with this game. Uh, you know, at the same time, Yes, so Baltimore, for some reason, I'm not going to say they have Denver's uh, number, but they always give the Broncos issues when they when they play. I mean, you, know, you can't help but think of that playoff game uh, back in 2012 or something like 2013 uh, up in Denver in that overtime. Uh, and then some of the other matchups that they've had throughout the you know season. So um, I, I think – on paper, you would you would expect Denver to win, uh, but when it comes down to you know on the field and, and situations that, I think them being on the road today, their first road game in Baltimore is going to be an issue. And I think in a in a, in a three point game, I I see the Ravens find a way to get it done. So I think I like Baltimore well, as well. 
Yeah, and you look at Denver, they went 0-4 last year when they flew to Buffalo, Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington last year, okay? And they were outscored by an average of 20 points in those games. So this is a football team that doesn't like going to the East Coast, so, you know, at least lately. So what are they going to be able to do to get the job done, you know, is that they're going to have to depend upon an offense that really is stagnant at best right now. Vaughn Miller, he can have a great season. Right now he's got four sacks. He leads the NFL of sacks. He's got four, but yet the Broncos are where they are, 2-0. and So everybody's happy. It's about when the losses start coming for this football team because the defense or Vaughn Miller can't carry them out. So that is what I look at when I look at this football game. I would like to see a very competitive game, and I would like to see the Denver Broncos win that game, just more in the fact that it will put some pressure on the the Chargers to win some football games because I think the Chargers, because I love the Chargers, but – when they don't have to play well, they don't play well. And if they, if for somehow they're leaving this division, I think they'll slack off and not play well. So you got to consistently keep some pressure on them to play well. So that's what I want to see. But I'm on Baltimore in this one as well, but just more in the fact you take a look at what's going on as far as the Broncos on the road in the East Coast. It just doesn't have enough. So that leads us into our next game. That leads us to a 1-0-1 Green Bay Packer football team and the Washington Redskins at 1-1. And, you know, I am. I'm a believer in in both you know, the, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I just don't trust it right now. I want them to be 100% before I'm picking the Green Bay Packers again. Now, granted, you know, you look at the Washington Redskins, you know, it's one, it's one and one. They're in a division that allows them to be mediocre until the end of the season to try to make a playoff run. Um, but this is also Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers is actually is talking. Now, I don't know if he's talking just to hear himself talk. I don't know if he's talking to make himself sound good. He might be feeling a lot better than what he's letting on because you know how Rodgers is. Rodgers will figure out how to win a football game. Um, But at the same time, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, who was pressured, knocked down often, got sacked four times last week um, in the tie game against the Vikings, which they were lucky to get the tie. Um, And 30 of 42, 281 yards and one touchdown no interceptions so Jay Gruden on the other side you know he's gonna have to put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers if they're gonna get the win now I'm not a big believer in the Washington Redskins at Alcuervo not one bit that having been said I'm actually leaning on the Washington Redskins this week to maybe get a victory and it's mainly because when 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 Aaron Rodgers is pressured, he is a monster. The only difference is is that this is not a healthy Aaron Rodgers. So I you know with if you get some pressure on a quarterback whose mobility is in question in the game, you might be able to lead yourself to some turnovers. And right now, I, and Alex Smith controlled offense might be able to get the job done because I think a 21-20-21-17 game could it be in line. I'm actually leaning on the Washington side in this game, and it's mainly because we're just not going to get the Aaron Rodgers that really everybody wants, Cuervo. 
Well, no, no, you're not going to get him, Sonny. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's beat up uh, already this year. But <clears throat> what I do think you're going to get is you're going to get an Aaron Rodgers that's going to do enough to, uh, you know, to keep the Packers in this football game and, and you know, not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, get a, take take a loss, I guess, for, for better terms. Uh, I mean, I, I really think that, you know, you looked at last week's game and you, you expected the Minnesota Vikings to just, you know, pummel Aaron Rodgers every single play, and that didn't really happen. Um, nope, so it didn't. You're right. I, I, I think the, the offensive line, you know, kind of have are starting to come together and say, look, we have to, we have to be better. We have to protect our quarterback or else it's going to be another long season, kind of how the middle of last year was. And, you know, the fact that Rodgers really wasn't hit that often, I think kind of the message kind of came through to that to them. And I think that's, that's what Green Bay needed. So, um, you know, we talk about the offensive line and, and you know, getting there and Rodgers. I don't think that's, that's going to be as easy as it sounds because the offensive line is starting to come together. When you take a look at that, I, I don't I, I'm not sure how I feel about the offensive line. I'm not sure how I feel about Green Bay. But what I do have questions is that you lose a game with Alex Smith going thirty three or forty six, two hundred and ninety two yards. Okay. So yeah, obviously there's you know something going on here on the defensive side of the, or the offensive side of the ball that's not getting the ball all the way down to where it needs to happen, which is red zone scoring. And you can say whatever you want. Washington was 0-2 in the red zone last week, and not only that, they had a plethora of, in, uh, of penalties, seven for 90 yards. So. When you look at Washington, what they're doing offensively, you know, I ran, I had the Indianapolis game. I, I felt like Aaron, uh, I felt like Andrew Luck could get the job done and he did exactly that. But right now, if I was to, to pick a quarterback right now, you know, you know, for a game in one game, I'm definitely going to Andrew Luck right now more so than I am an Aaron Rodgers because of the injury. So, Todd, that puts it in the hands of Aaron Rodgers, and knowing what, knowing who you picked, let us know why you picked, who you picked, and what you think about today's game. Well, I agree with a lot of what you say, and one thing, you have to be concerned if you're Green Bay, because the Redskins, it, shockingly, are leading the NFL in defense in the first two weeks of the yep. season. And there's no real stars on that team. They're really doing it by committee. There's no real names that Stand out. Foster and Anderson are decent on the line. Swerger has a couple of picks, but their team defense has been really, really good. Uh, and as I say, it's going to create problems, I think, for Aaron Rodgers. The only reason I really picked Aaron Rodgers in this game, and I agree that Alex Smith's going to play his little keep away ball control kind of game, is that you can't really trust the Redskins' offense either because of the fact that Alex Smith has already been sacked six times, and he's supposed to be elusive. And he, is, he has been sacked six times, which tells me the offensive line is a problem. Adrian Peterson, well, you know, he's on his last legs, and it's a great story. We wish him the best. He had a very good first game, but he didn't have a very good game last week. He's only averaging three Absolutely. yards a carry. That's, 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 
that reminds me of uh, uh, O.J. Simpson at the end of his career with the 49ers who couldn't, and, and so many players at the end of the line that, um, you know, have difficulty. And so um, I noticed that they have problems opening up holes for him. And the only reason I really pick Green Bay in this game is just the trust factor that I think in a close game in the fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to make a play to win an ugly game. I would trust him more than Alex Smith in the clutch to make a play. And that's really the only reason I went with this. Otherwise, I might have picked Washington. But, uh, again, the Redskins are just a team that I don't have a lot of faith in. You know, one week they can look very good, like when they beat Arizona. And then, you know, but as I said, I, I, I just – in, in a situation, I've always kind of trained myself. In a situation when you have two teams that are struggling in different areas, and for Green Bay, the, they still have problems protecting. Uh, so does Washington. Um, it always comes down to me of the quarterback. Who's the better quarterback? It's obvious who the better quarterback is, and that's why I picked Green Bay to win the game. That's strictly mainly for that reason. And, um, you know, Randall Cobb, I'm sure, wants to get a touchdown uh, and he's still one of their primary receivers. I look for him to make a big play or two. So I went with I went with Green Bay, um, but it will not. But it could go either way, Sonny. I mean, it would not shock me if Washington wins, but basically because of Aaron Rodgers, that's why I went with Green Bay. And and one of the things I look at I, I, exactly what you said: an ugly game if they win. That's exactly what would end up happening couple of things that you spotted on which is where I was on my notes is that Washington's defense right now for some reason decides that they want to play well and when you play well as a unit and and, and this you can kind of look at Vaughn Miller up in 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 Denver I mean really if you look at that defense he's the only one that's playing well Take away from that, you look at the Washington Redskins, they're playing well as a unit. And that is a big-time difference in what kind of defenses that you're going to get. Also, another thing, you take a look at Washington, their leading receivers, they're running back. 13 receptions, 92 yards. Okay, that if the Green Bay Packers aren't ready for that, they could get burned that way because it'll be a pick, uh, pick block and then run out and try to get some yards, you know, in the flat on third down. I think that could be something that you look at as far as that is concerned. So, again, Adrian Peterson, you know, he is where he's at. Let, you know, I don't know if he'll end up, you know, you know, doing what he's supposed to do. But, you know, watch out for Chris Thompson in the receiving night. I think that's going to be the difference in today's game. Cuervo, who you got in this game and why? Yeah, so, I mean, I know I know it's a great story so far, you know, the Red Bull that they have and all that good stuff. Uh, I think, you know, similar to, to, you know, the situation with the Denver Broncos, today is going to be a game for them that they actually play a worthy or, or, or a competitive uh, opponent, a quality opponent. So, um, you know, we all know what Green Bay is capable of, and I think kind of going back to what Todd said, you know, that trust factor – uh, I think that's what we need to go with the Green Bay Packers uh, winning this football game. Yeah, 
I, I know that probably had to hurt, and I, I understand. Um, it, it is what it is to, to pick that pick that team. But, you know, being a Bears fan, yeah, it just make it just makes that division of football a little bit more exciting than reality for you there, Cuervo. Um, but it, all right, so I'm on I'm on Washington. Uh, the, uh, the rest of everybody is on Green Bay. I don't mark that. I'm waiting for Tarvin's picks to come in. He hasn't uh, been uh, dinged him over to me, but. That'll lead us to our next game, and that'll take us into our com- uh, up to our commercial. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who played well last week, they you know, they went every one. They got a good victory, and they rounded them out to one and one. Now they go to Philadelphia on the road, and I I'm, I just don't know what that situation is all about because they, this is a football team that wants to start Carson Wentz. And you're one in one. Yes, you're third in the division. But again, you're, you're playing the division where the division isn't going to be decided until week 16 or 15 or 16. You got plenty of time. And one game isn't going to be a big difference. I think this is a big mistake, bringing back Carson Wentz right now to play in this game. I, and I know, I know, everybody, and I've been reading and listening to everybody. Carson's ready to Carson's ready to go. Listen, he, he, he suffered a uh, – torn ACL and LCL on December 10th. Okay. Now that that's usually a year long, year long with just one of them. Okay. Guys, we're back here in September. Okay. We're talking 10 months, 10 months. Uh, You know, the Eagles have nothing to lose by keeping Nick Foles in there. I mean, he hasn't been great. Okay, only 39 points scored all year long. Um, he dropped the 27-21 game against uh, Tampa Bay, but they're an enigma for some reason this year. Foles has thrown for 451 yards and only one touchdown, one interception in the first two games. Granted, so where are they expecting that? You know, you, you got to be able to get some running game, and they've been getting that with Ajayi. So I, I just I look at this football team making a stupid mistake. And when teams make stupid mistakes, they lose football games. Okay? And, and Indianapolis, on the other side, did did what they did last week. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't I, – a lot of people were going Washington in that game because of the defense, which is the reason why I'm picking them. And I'm just going to go right now, who's the better quarterback? And using that statement right there. Right now, who's the better quarterback between the two? Well, it doesn't matter if it's Nick Foles and it doesn't matter if it's Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz is unproven this year. So give me Andrew Luck. I'm I'm on I'm so on Indy on this one that every once in a while the the Philadelphia Eagles Todd will take an embarrassing loss at home and I I'm going to give it to them this week. I think this is going to be the one they're going to really wish later on in the season they had a, a, a check mark underneath the W. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I couldn't go that far. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't go that far because. But I agree with you about Carson Wentz. To me, it's a waste to play him today. I mean, you you got a long, long season ahead of you, and the Eagles are not in any kind of a problem yep. right now because you're not going to trust the Giants. Stink. Uh, Dallas could easily lose again today. I mean, it's not like a division that someone's going to run yep. away with it. Man, why waste him against the Indianapolis Colts when Nick Foles would probably be enough uh, to win the game because he'll just feed you know, Ajay all the time. And 
Although I, I will say this, Indianapolis' defense has been a lot better than I would have ever imagined. You know, they're ninth in the league in total defense, which really was is kind of surprising to me. What, what I am concerned about, though, is their offensive line. They still cannot protect Andrew Luck. They've also had four fumbles already this year, having lost a couple. And um, I just don't know what Indianapolis can do offensively as far as any type of a running game, because you're not going to – I just cannot see how Andrew is going to be able to just stand back there all day and tear, their, tear that team apart. They're just too smart, too smartly coached. I just don't see it happening. But I, I, I would still pick Philadelphia to probably win this game, even without Andrew – you know, even without – I'm sorry, uh, even um, if Knowles uh, um, falls in played or not. Um, I, I don't think Wins needed to be used in this game. Uh, I think, to be very truthful, um, you know, you're you're running a risk that, um, you know, a pass rush or whatever, and he gets injured, and the offensive line is still trying to work out their kinks. And the Eagles had all, an awful lot of problems last week moving the ball. So um, the point being on this is that I don't, I just wouldn't waste him today. Um, I think they would still have enough. Uh, in order to win this game, uh, they still have enough weapons that they can get that handled. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it, but I, I would still pick. I'm, I'm still picking Philadelphia, and you're going on a limb. I, I have to say that's a that's a risky pick, Sonny, but uh, that's a gutty one. I, but I, I still like Philadelphia at home. I, I the only reason why I do that is number one, I think Andrew Lux is a better quarterback than uh, Foles. I don't care if Foles took him to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, he went to frickin' Disneyland. I, I could really, really care less. Okay. And and the fact of the matter is you're talking about a football team that should really be only here. playing this I, game in practice. Yeah, exactly, Alan. He, he should be I in mean, practice. Listen, we talking not, about not in the game. Not a game. Not in the game. Not a game. Not in the game. We're talking about he should be in practice, okay? And and let this guy get 100% before he gets out there. This Right now, it, it, Cuervo, this is signs of desperation. And the, you're talking about a football team that should not be in that position right now, Cuervo. You're talking about a team that looks like they're like, oh, my gosh, we, we are in so much trouble for the rest of the season. We have got to rush Carson Wentz back. This could be the biggest mistake as a franchise that the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles could do right now with the possibility of losing their franchise quarterback for another year, and then they're stuck with Nick Foles backing up later on in the season. Gentlemen, I understand where you're coming from, uh, and I and I definitely see your y'all's point. My only thing is, you know, I, I think about, and I guess I guess I can raise this question to you guys: if the Eagles had won that game last week against Tampa Bay. Are we talking about Carson Wentz starting today, or are we talking about hey, just keep closing there until until Carson is ready to go? And, and absolutely, that's what I do know, anyway. That we want to make sure that he's 100 percent. Eagles lose that game, and now it's oh god, we got to start Wentz. Wentz needs to come back. I mean, to me, I think I think it is, you know, a panic move, a small panic move on the Eagles part um, at the same time though I think they managed this situation better than a lot of other teams manage 
the same situation. For example, um, you know, there, I, I'm trying to remember. I can't. There, I know there's been times where teams have tried to bring guys. I'll give you the. the J.J. Watt situation in Houston when they tried to bring him back. Sonny, we talked about that a couple times. Oh, gosh, yeah. And mm-hmm. we, and we we beat the Texans up for that, and look what happened. You know, wind up hurting himself again. So I think with this one, you know, it, it's it's such a big thing because of the fact that it's a quarterback and it's the defending Super Bowl champions. So um, I think that's why, you know, if, if this was, you know, uh, Anybody yet? If we're talking about Blake Bortles, I don't think anybody's going to give a crap. You know, <laughs> he comes back when he comes back. You know, whatever. Yeah. But we're, it's it's such a skylighted team and 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 player that you know everybody's going to you know say that either either it's a panic move or they're doing it the right way. I I don't know. I I think I think the Eagles. I think they gave him enough time. It's it's been what nine months now since he since he tore that ACL. Um, I think they they tried to do it the right way, but at the same time, because they lost that game in Tampa, um, that's why we're talking about Wentz being back now. Because I'm telling yeah. you guys, if if the Eagles would have won that game in Tampa Bay, Nick Foles would be starting today. I agree, at hundred percent. So, uh, and and he and he should, and and he should. I mean, you you, and that's one thing about Philadelphia as well as their fans are impatient too. I mean, they're they're the worst Cuervo. I swear, they want when one play goes wrong, they want a total change in the offense. Um, but you know, <laughs> I, I just for some reason when I'm looking at this football game, I just don't feel very confident right now. Hey, Doug, Doug Peterson should be know what he's doing right now, but even with that move and the you know the first of all the emotions of this game, you can say whatever you want, but you know this right here, Andrew Luck, you know you know going back, you know, Reich up over there as well. There's some there's some backstories of this that are really cool, but the the fact of the matter is is that the Philadelphia Eagles, unfortunately, um, you know the 28th uh, the 28th ranked defense uh, for passing. Okay, that's what that's what Andrew Luck wants to do. So the problems in reality for this game is on the defensive side of the ball, and so they they should have maybe figured out what they were going to do defensively more so than trying to score points and bringing in Carson Wentz. I, me, in reality, man, I, I'm just all about uh, Cuervo, you know, having Carson sit until they really need it. And at one and one, they really don't need it. So, um, and frankly, I think at one and three, maybe is when that you should bring him in in reality. So even losing this game, I'm still going Nick Foles. And then if you want to panic a little bit, go ahead and do so. So um, I I am on Indianapolis in this game. Todd is on Philly in this game. Who are you going to pick? Yeah, I, I think the, the emotion of, of Wentz returning is going to really be a, a, a booster for the Eagles. So, had Nick Foles started this game, I think I actually would have went with the Colts. But because Wentz is back, I think I think the emotional factor is there, and they're at home. So, 
I think I'm going to go with the uh, with the Eagles to win. I think it's going to be close, but I like Philly. So that that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. That's going to take us up to our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all here on the Sunday morning. So that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to go into our first break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the other games that are headed our way. And, of course, you know, New Orleans and Atlanta. Atlanta going to be out without their running back again. The Giants in Houston, Oakland and Miami, San Francisco and Kansas City. We're on our way to covering them all here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll take that quick break. On that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues into its ninth season and our 33rd episode. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costlow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costlowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? 
can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. And everybody, we got welcome in a new sponsor into the Couch Potato Sports Show. He's also the sponsor of the Dickie's Barbecue Yellow Hankies. It's Dickie's Barbecue. There is nothing that beats good home-cooked barbecue. Since 1941, Dickie's Barbecue has done all the cooking, and you take all the credit. Whether you want real Texas brisket, Virginia ham, southern pulled pork, or fall-off-the-bone ribs, Dickie's Barbecue is the place to go. Choose from our favorite sides of barbecue beans, creamy coleslaw, potato salad, jalapeno beans, and many more. Come see us today at our Rowlett location, 5701 President George Bush Turnpike, Suite 110, in the Target Shopping Center. Whether you want to eat in or take it home, we will fix you up. Don't forget, for your next event, call the catering guy at 972-345-6424. That number again is 972-345-6424. Come visit us today at 5701 President George Bush Turnpike, Suite 110 in the Target Shopping Center. Also, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dickies Rowlett. For lip-smacking, rib-tickling, knee-slapping, foot-stomping, great-tasting barbecue, come see us at Dickie's Barbecue today. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, we are into our second hour here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with Cuervo, as well as Jeff Hot Online, as he uh, joins us. He listens to all of the stuff that we do. Um, sometimes wonder if the guy's bored. <laughs> but that being said, which is the name of the show here on a Sunday morning, we, hey, guys, say whatever you want, nine seasons right here on Blog Talk Radio, going to be our 10th season, we'll, we'll do, I, I don't do anniversary shows because it's, you know, kind of stupid in my opinion, but 10 years is one of those, you know, milestones, so we will do an anniversary show on the 10th anniversary, and now happened in February, I'll post some stuff about it. We'll put some interviews up, uh, some of the people. You know, we don't do a lot of interviews anymore. We used to do a lot. We've done over 300 interviews with people. We just don't do it a lot because I, I just hate 
the you know a political correct answer. The only one we ever heard from was Tom McManus, who ever gave us really, really the scoop. And of course, Tom McManus, being uh, former Jacksonville Jaguar and the host of uh, Mc, uh, McManus Uncensored, now he's off the radio and he's doing other things. But I'm going to bring him back on live for that show uh, because he's been my favorite uh, guest that we've had on the show, plus multiple times. So that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to get back into what we're going to do, but. But before we do that, we're going to bring it. Say whatever you want. This show is just always better when we got the good old boy himself in. So we'll go ahead and bring in the good old boy himself, Brian Carvin, all the way from Georgia. How you doing, my friend? Good morning. Hey, good, buddy. How's it going? Doing good. Hey, let's get you. Let's run across these really quick. I mean, you picked the Browns on Thursday night, but uh, the first game we talked about today was Buffalo and Minnesota. Everybody's on Minnesota. I mean, the the it, it's hard to watch the Buffalo Bills. Every time I watch them, my eyes bleed. So the eyes bleeding bull, uh, Bills. Uh, do they got a chance against Minnesota? <laughs> Oh my God, Sonny! Don't make me laugh this morning. I'm not in a good mood. Um, oh, it, I was no, still comfortable <laughs> giving up the 16 and a half. Okay, I'll just put it that way. Okay, that's a big right, point so spread. In the NFL, it is. In the, in yeah. the NFL, Buffalo it is terrible. How did they get they, so they're bad? They got awful. Damn, they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 god they're god awful. So so I'm assuming you're on the Minnesota Vikings yeah. today, right? Yeah, yes, sir. I, I kind of figured you would. I, I, you're you're not that far <laughs> gone. So um, so he's on Minnesota. But here's an interesting one: Cincinnati, Carolina. Now I do know for a fact, okay, that. Yeah, you're a Carolina fan, um, but you're not as much as a homer more so than you're a Carolina Panther realist. But everybody's on Carolina in this one against Cincinnati because we think the Bengals are pretenders. Well, I agree with the Bengals are pretenders, but you put them up against a team with questions on the offensive line like Carolina has, and they can beat them. And Carolina is a good home team. Their Their defense isn't playing as well is in years past, maybe it's early, maybe they're just trying to find a rhythm, but I'm not impressed with that Carolina offense right now, and it's not because of the cam, and it's not because they have good receivers. I think their running game's pretty good. It's that offensive line, uh, Sonny, but I think being at home will be just enough to get Carolina past them, but I'm very worried about Carolina after watching that Falcons game uh, last time. And you should be, because that that's something there. Uh, the good thing that, that's about this game is, is that, you know, Carolina, they know how to stop the run, so they've done good, really good. Now, Denver and Baltimore, Denver 0-4 last year going to the East Coast. Uh, they go up against a Jekyll and Hyde team that is the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody is on the Baltimore Ravens on this side. Are you tempted to go ahead and yep. take the Denver Broncos that they're 2-0? No. No, Baltimore plays their best football in September, so – uh, Denver's had two games at home. They're two and zero. I don't think they're that great though. I think Baltimore gets a little bit close win. I think they'll win by a touchdown or less, but they'll get the win at home. Injured Aaron Rodgers going up against a defense that has been pretty good, which is the Washington Redskins. I'm on the Redskins. Cuervo and Todd are on the. Um, they are on Green Bay. What about you? What do you think about this one? 
I'm with you, Sonny. I like the I like Alex Smith at home in this game. The Packers are lucky not to be 0-2 right now. Um, I think Redskins, they need a win this week, and they're at home. I think the Packers are a little overvalued right now. You know, these games they're playing. So I'm going to go with the Redskins. Yeah, this is a game that if they had a healthy Aaron Rodgers, it'd be the biggest joke in the world. You couldn't get me to pick him. And or if they would have even sat Aaron Rodgers last week, I would have picked the Green Bay Packers. I think it's a mistake that they played him last week. So I'm on that one. Indianapolis goes to Philadelphia. And they are going to go into desperation mode. I'm talking about the Eagles starting Carson Wentz. Indianapolis uh, with uh, with their uh, quarterback that seems to have been re- being revived a little bit there. And Andrew Luck, what do you think about this one? I like the Eagles to win it. I'm not sure about how much they'll win by, but I think Wentz, even though they won't open the playbook for him all the way and he's maybe a little rusty, he's still very athletic and he can run the football. Will they run him? I don't know. The Colts are a little bit improved on on defense this year. Andrew Luck's had a good year, but playing in Philadelphia is a lot different. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. They need this win after that loss last week. I think they're embarrassed. Uh, it's still early in the season. I think it's a three-point win by the Eagles. I think it's stupid. Should put them in there, but then again, that's me. All right, that's it for the game that we're up on as we're looking at all the games. Is the New Orleans Saints? They're one and one. The Atlanta Falcons at home, tough team at home. Uh, but New Orleans right now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Tarvin, this is a team I'm going to tell you that does not look right, and it's not because their quarterback position. I mean, because we can sit there and talk about stats all day long in this game, but I'm going to tell you straight out when you have a, when you have Drew Brees, okay. And you have Drew Brees doing what he's doing. You, you can sit here and talk about the stats and everything. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons, they're not going to have their running game, but I don't trust Matt Ryan. I, I mean, I almost had to pull out the, you know, not almost. I have no clue to pick this game. So it's either I pull out the couch potato quarter and flip it, or I take the home team. Right now, I'm, I'm leaving taking the home team, but here's the thing I'm worried about. And it's why I'm going to go with the Saints is this is an indoor facility. Now, granted, it's not, you know, the uh, Mercedes uh, uh, Superdome, but it's an indoor stadium. And I I just think that they continue to ride Drew Brees uh, into the season and Atlanta can't can't be consistent and can't get wins when they're supposed to get wins. So Tarvin, I'm up on the Atlanta Falcons in this game. Who you got? I thought you picked the Saints. Are you picking the Falcons? I, or Saints, I mean. Yeah, Saints. I'm picking okay. the Saints. I'm picking the Saints. I'm picking the Saints. Yeah. Falcons have a lot of injuries. And uh, that game against Carolina last week, I think they got a little bit beat up. And if you look at the Saints, they always play bad to start the season. It's it's like they, they struggled against a Cleveland team that we thought was we thought was bad, but they're not really on defense. And then they did struggle at home against Tampa Bay, which – I think Tampa Bay's lightning in a bottle right now, but I think they'll go on the road. Uh, there's enough hate in this series to get Drew Brees, Kamara to play well. I like the Saints in a close upset in this game. I I, I like him too. 682 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions for Drew, uh, Drew Brees. Um, so I'm like I'm liking that number. So I, I look at it on the other side there, and I'm gonna shoot it over to uh, shoot it over to Todd. Who you have in this game and why? 
It's one of very uh, several games uh, now that we're going to get to that uh, I was going back and forth with it for quite some time. But um, I hear you guys on this, and I know that Drew Brees uh, has the pedigree, but again, I look at the fact that the Saints, uh, to me, if the Saints struggle that much to beat Cleveland uh, in a game that could easily have lost with Cleveland – missing field goals, and the way the Saints defense is, which is near the bottom of the league, um, I think the pressure is on Atlanta to win a game in this division because, you know, everybody was doubting them again after losing the the first game of the season against Philadelphia that, well, when Matt Ryan failed again down the stretch of that game to win this game. The, The reality is this is a rivalry that these games are always close, um, I, you know, I know Atlanta's got a lot of injuries, but they still have uh, Julio Jones. Um, I just and the Saints have had a bad issue with uh, turnover margin. Uh, Atlanta is a plus in that category. These are the things that can make a difference. Um, I look for a, a fairly high-scoring game. Um, I do think that Kamara is going to run the ball pretty effectively for New Orleans. But I, I still, I, as I said, I still think Atlanta has enough. But again, this is a game that I'm really flipping my my coin on. I mean, Coleman is basically going to have to be doing the majority of the, the running for the Atlanta Falcons in this one. Um, very, very close game. But the Saints are just so bad defensively that I think the Falcons will be able to move the ball enough that they'll be able to overcome the Saints. And the Saints have not been all there. Uh, you know, offensively, even in the Tampa Bay game, yeah, the, the stats look great. But remember, the Saints put up a lot of those points at the end of the game when Atlanta, when Tampa Bay was kind of relaxing defensively and had a huge lead. The Saints offensively have not, to me, been that great in these first two games of the season. Uh, I like for I'm going with Atlanta to win a close game, probably by three points. Yeah, and listen, when you're a football team and you have a quarterback completing 81% of your passes this year so far, you know, you may be one in one, but you're better than anything that Matt Ryan can bring out to you um, because Matt Ryan it might be the definition of a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback in this league. Uh, he hasn't been able to put it together all year long, and I just don't trust the whole situation with Matt Ryan. Uh, they're not getting the ball to Julio Jones, and that's a huge problem as well. It's going to piss him off. And when you got to piss off Julio Jones, I think that's going to be a problem later on in the season for you as well. Um, so I don't have a lot of trust in what is going on there in Atlanta and the fact they don't have the running game now. Freeman is not going to be playing in this game. That hurts that football team going into this game. Um, say whatever you want. Uh, when Drew Brees is out on the football field, he gets that ball downfield. And the Atlanta defense and their secondary is not anything you could really write home to mama about. It's not shut down. It's not anything that's going to go on there. So Tarvin, you know, yeah, you know, you you and I are on the Saints in this game by little. I I actually think the Saints are gonna uh, get at least a two touchdown victory here uh, this week. So uh, I look for that one to be a real interesting one. And Cuervo is getting high in sight. We'll get his pick up on this one when we come back. That leads us to the New York Football Giants, who are 0-2, and the Houston Texans are going to be our 0-2. One of these teams are going to be 0-3 at the end of this one, and right now, the 
you know, say whatever you want. And I have been talking about Eli Manning being gone for now four years, okay? Say whatever you want about how great he is. Say whatever you want about how much they throw the football. Say whatever you want about his ability to get stats. When the stats don't complete to Ws, that's when a football team has got to look and go, we've got a problem. Now, I don't know, and I'm going to tell you straight out, and I predicted this last year, I'm on it again. Odell Beckham hates this guy. I mean, it's really simple, Tarvin. Odell Beckham couldn't get a ball in stride from Eli Manning to save his life, and if he ever did, the yards that, that Odell Beckham have would be up by 20%. Because when you have an Odell Beckham out on your football team, and the fact of the matter is they do, they got to be talking about... Don't go back. And they don't get yakety yak. They don't get yards after the catch with Odell Beckham because Eli Manning can't deliver the ball well. And the Giants are going to have to make a decision at the quarterback to the, uh, uh, position after this game because they're going to be 0-3 at the end of this one. I've never seen a quarterback get so much love and no criticism because of a couple lucky Super Bowls he got. Uh, but yeah, the Giants. Oh, it's it's almost like I don't I don't know what to think about it. But he he's not his brother. We know that he's not he's not Peyton Manning, and everybody tries to his brother protect him. But I I don't know. I think the Giants, without being able to run the ball. Which teams are loading up? And they're going to stop Saquon Barkley and those guys from getting them starting to run because if the run starts working, the pass is definitely going to be more open with play action. But Houston, I'm concerned they lost to Tennessee. I mean that was that came out uh-huh. of nowhere with no Mariota, and I don't know maybe it was a Patriots hangover. And I've always said it, you know, Deshaun Watson. I've never been high on him. Um, everybody just threw him into one of the best quarterbacks in the league after three games last year. Jeez. But I do think at home, coming back for their first home game, I think Houston has enough to be able to get a win. They're embarrassed. Anytime a team gets embarrassed and humiliated and they come back home, they usually play well. So I look for Houston to be the one and two team, but I look for the Giants to be 0-3 when we wake up tomorrow. And, and I'm even I, – I, I, and I'll, I'll shoot this over to Todd. Todd, I'm, I'm putting – I mean, I asked for this four years ago. Can we find – if the the Giants lose, can we, can we please, pretty please say that Eli Manning sucks? Can we, can we say it? I'm ready to say it right now because I had – that was agony last week. You know, Sunday I was over at a friend's house in Florida, and I was watching – I was watching wrestling on one screen and more involved than that and just glancing at the football game because, very honestly, I was so bored watching the Giants' offense, I was almost going to fall asleep if I didn't stick my eyes on wrestling the whole time. The reality is I can't stand watching the Giants' offense and I can't stand watching Eli Manning at this point. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just so robotic. I just, I just, it just annoys me. And, and all the three and outs are just – Pun, 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 and it's just they can't move the ball. And I mean, you they can't open up holes for the running back. Beckham's getting frustrated. There's nobody else stepping forward. The offensive line is probably the worst in the league. Um, but Eli doesn't help himself either. And then you know, as I said, it's just it's just it's boring to watch, which is unfortunate because defensively they're pretty darn good. I mean, the first two games. They played well. I mean, defensively, they they, they would have been enough. They, they should have stood for non-support 
because Dallas really didn't do that much offensively last week. And uh, the Giants didn't, uh, you know, finally get going until in garbage time they scored some points and by cosmetic surgery they made it look close at the end. But uh, it is just a difficult offense to watch. There's no spark. And as far as I'm concerned, in a season like this where you know you're going nowhere, um, after they lose today, which they will lose today, because I'll be honest, I ranked Houston higher. I had Houston winning this division. And, yes, Me too. Uh, I do like Sean Watson still. Yes, I know he struggled uh, the first couple of games. What disappoints me is Houston's defense has to set the tone, and I always rate their first-team defense as one of the best of the league, but they haven't played like it the first two weeks. They've let teams get off into the lead, and when you allow a Blaine Gabber to beat you, who really didn't do that much himself, but the bottom line is that is an humiliating loss. And as far as I'm concerned, the coach that really should be on the hot seat is Bill is Bill O'Brien, in my opinion. Oh, God, yeah. Because there are, oh, there are a lot of expectations for this Houston Texans football team. Certainly defensively, they have the talent. They have a, uh, you know, their secondary is a little question mark, but their front seven's good. Um, I think at home they're going to be aroused today. Um, Watson will do a, will find enough to make some plays. They'll get off to a good start. They'll put – the Giants in a hole will frustrate them, and the Giants will have to play catch-up, and we know they're not capable of doing that. Um, I do like Houston to win this game. Well, it's real simple. Listen, Eli Manning walks around looking like he's in the concussion protocol at all times. I mean, forget the fact when he gets hit out on the football field. This guy looks totally lost at all times. And you say whatever you want about, like Charvin said, the Super Bowls and all this other stuff. This guy looks lost. He looks like he's in a daze twenty four seven. And when you got when you got a team that you're about hey, listen, that defense for Houston is for real. Not only that, they're at home. So when you ask the question, do you think the Giants can win this football game? I on don't Sunday? think so, Jim. And that's the answer that you get. I, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, this is a football team that talks each and every year about, you know, making it to the playoffs. Playoffs? You're, don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Don't talk about playoffs. playoffs. Get a win, for God's sake. I mean, you're, you're going to be 0-3, and, and, and the love for Eli Manning will still be there from the fans because he got you two Super Bowls. This guy sucks. They, they need to go on and be done with it. And four years, four years. Listen, there's an old saying in this, in, in the, in this business, and it's like this. Nothing hasn't done. Yeah, it's done. I mean, the the Eli rant, yes, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so tired of this guy. Like, he's the most beloved quarterback to ever play the football game. Hey, did you forget about his brother? Evidently you did, for good God almighty. So the the, the Giants need to move on. Go ahead, Tarvin. I'm sorry. I just lost my mind. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry Tony. I didn't you, have anything I, to say. I, oh, I thought you did. I, I'm sorry. I just I, I've gone off on a rampage because I can't stand. I can't stand this guy. He's the most overrated, most overrated Agreed. quarterback to ever play the game. Not just not 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 every once in a while, but to ever play the game because the two lucky catches that his wide receiver saved him. 
it saved us behind Don. It's just it's the most ridiculous thing I ever. And not only that, this guy gets paid like he's the number one quarterback. I mean, it's it's got to be the money that is involved with Eli Manning, okay? Because they they can't afford to take him out because they got so much money sunk into this loser that can't win a football game. So, you know, okay, there okay there goes Sonny's diatribe. We'll get on to the next game because I could go on for hours, and believe me, we don't have that much time. Those two Raiders take on the Miami Dolphins. And, hey, who would have thought that? The Miami Dolphins, with, with their situation on top in the AFC East, above the Patriots. Now, the Patriots are 1-0, or 1-1. They lost to a good Jacksonville Jaguars football team. But they get the Oakland Raiders at home. And the Oakland Raiders have been gone. I mean, I, I'm talking about gone. That having been said, uh, we're going to lose. Uh, thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. We lost Brian Tarvin, and Cuervo will be back when he gets done getting his high and tight. And that's his haircut for those that don't know what the hell I'm talking about. He, he he's This guy's got a standing appointment to get his hair done each and every week. And, of course, it's during the time we do our show. Um, so we lose him for a couple of minutes. So Todd and I will handle it. As the Oakland Raiders, they go cross-country. I hate these games for these kind of teams as the, uh, the simple fact of the matter is, is that a football team that is supposed to be talking about playoffs, supposed to be really good in their own division, aren't. They're 0-2. So that having been said, this is a situation. you got a football team that's 2-0. The Miami Dolphins lose this game. They really don't lose much. They would like to get the victory. I'm on Miami in this game, and it's not because of anything except for the fact that the Oakland Raiders are a football team that cannot seem to get on Gruden's side. Okay, The, The Raiders go ahead. They offer it out, you know, a hundred million bucks for a ten-year uh, contract for John Gruden, and they can't even get out of the gate fast enough before people are already wondering what the hell are we going to be doing after trading Khalil Mack to to the Chicago Bears is the biggest story that's coming out of Oakland. But I'm going to tell you the biggest story that should be coming out of Oakland is is that we're not getting a lot from Derek Carr there, Todd, and that's the big difference this year than we've seen in the past couple of years with Derek Carr. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, last week he was pretty effective with the short passing game, Sonny. But I, I, I think, honestly, a lot like you. I mean, I could sit here and break this game down for 20 to 25 minutes, but it, it comes really down to the common sense and just your initial reaction observations of what you see in the games. And the reality Absolutely. is is that I was torn with this game as all well, but it, to me it comes down to a simple case in point. Uh, are the Miami Dolphins for real? And I, I talk about pretenders. I would say they're they're more pretenders than the Bengals are. I cannot see the Miami Dolphins going three and zero. Although I was, I, I thought about this game long and hard. But the reality is that Miami still does not rank very highly offensively or defensively. And I don't really know what kind of weapons they can really bring to the table. The Raiders actually played pretty good defense last week, a lot better than they did in the first week of the season. Um, they they pretty much did a good job against the Broncos running game for the most part. But, again, for me, it comes down to quarterback play. Yes, I realize the Raiders are going to the eastern time zone. I, I get that. Um, I went with the Raiders today. I, I did. I went with the Raiders uh, because 
Uh, I just thought that, you know, Lynch would have a fairly decent game and Cooper will do pretty well in the receiving core. And it looks like the Raiders have fixed some issues defensively. I mean, they actually played pretty well last week. And they didn't really show they missed Mac that much in the Denver game, except for obviously this pass rushing. But uh, as far as the run ability of the run defense was concerned, I don't think the Raiders really did that bad of a job. I just don't, to be honest with you, trust Ryan Tannehill uh, to have a good game. you, you got to remember who the Dolphins beat in their first two games, okay? They beat, Without question. They beat Tennessee, who's offensively challenged, who uh, has injury prone. The Jets, who are still trying to find an you know, offensive identity, well, it's very obvious that the Jets uh, are basically playing very conservatively with Sam Darnold. Uh, with the passing game, it's mostly going to be a running attack. It's going to be a very conservative uh, short passing game, and that's all basically that the Jets have kind of shown. Um, I like I like the Raiders here, and I only like the Raiders because I think the Derek Carr is more capable of coming up with a couple of you know good plays than say the Dolphins uh, would be. Let me ask you an honest question: Who honestly on the Miami Dolphins? Um, really would scare you. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, the Dolphins have had one of the worst rushing attacks in the league um, in the last few years. Their basic runner is Kenyon Drake, who's a no-name. You know, he's averaging four yards a carry, nothing spectacular. Who really on that football field on their offense scares you? Well, no one does, and and that's the, this is a tale of two uh, of two teams that should have somebody's. Ryan Tannehill should be a somebody. Derek Carr should be a somebody. You know, but guess what? As of right now, they're nobodies. Neither one of these teams have two guys that you can look at them and say, "Listen, watch out." You I mean, we can talk about you know Carr. You know where he should be, where his ranking should be, as far as you know. The, I think second round is when he was drafted. Okay, in 2014, where has his role for this football team gone to? Where it is, you know, it's five, it's a five-year contract, 125 million, 70 million in guaranteed. Okay, and that was after throwing for almost 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, and only six interceptions in 2016. Where is that quarterback been? We haven't seen that quarterback, and that's the difference in this one here. All right, and when I go to questions on teams and games like this, first of all, Miami has a habit of winning football games at home, okay? So they're at home today, so that's on their side. And it's the reason why I like the Miami Dolphins. I don't like them because they can outplay the Oakland Raiders. I'm, I'm saying is, is that with Derek Carr's tools, okay, are based upon, you know, really in reality, mismatches, whether it's Jared, you know, with 180 yards, nine catches against the Rams uh, in the season opener, or last week when Carr got Amari Cooper involved at the game, finally, uh, 10 times uh, for 10 completions, 10 for 10 to Amari Cooper. But here's the problem. Wide receiver Jordy Nelson, 33-year-old, you know, that they get, from, you know, the all wonderful, you know, New England pay, or, uh, Green Bay Packers, okay, he only has five catches for 53 yards. In reality, you know, you got to get the ball to your playmakers. You can say whatever you want about Cook, Amari Cooper, or whatever the case may be. You still need to get the ball in the hands that can make plays. Jordy Nelson makes plays. And until they get the ball into his hands on a consistent level, whether it's the 10 passes from Amari Cooper, I'd rather see him in Jordy Nelson's hand, or getting the ball to Jared Cook 
get the get him the ball. Five targets for 53 yards is not enough to realize what you got in Jordy Nelson. And that's the mistake this football team is doing, is when you got a guy like uh, your head coach, and you say whatever you want about it, John Gruden, he's one of these guys that, you know, he, he, he's not going to get you the ball unless he feels comfortable. Okay. He doesn't know anything about Jordy Nelson except what he's in on tape. Okay. And, and it's obvious he don't trust him or he'd say, get this guy the ball. And he's not doing it. So with the simple fact of the matter is, is that a football team not getting the ball to the playmakers for their football team is the reason why I'm not picking them. So, and, and then, you throw in the fact they're going cross-country, then Miami at home. I, I just like Miami and where they are right now uh, for this game. And we'll decide what's going to happen next week, and we'll get Cuervo's and Tarvin's pick on that one, the next one. But we got uh next game up on board. One that, it, it, it's, a, it's another tale. I hate this game. This game here has me so confused, and it's the San Francisco 49ers who won last week. Okay, so San Francisco goes to Kansas City to play at Arrowhead, okay, which is a tough place to play. But I have to admit, Todd, I'm not convinced that the Kansas City Chiefs are the football team that is 2-0. So whatever they're doing to stay 2-0, they're going to have to continue. But it's a different football team. They're getting the San Francisco 49ers. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been a miracle for this football team. And you got to be happy with these breaking all those records, you know, as far as, you know, I, I forget whatever it was. Oh, 10 touchdowns. That's what it is. 10 touchdowns in, in two games. It's an NFL record. Uh, so you got to look at that. He hasn't thrown an interception. He's got a passer rating of 143. Uh, so he leads the NFL by a sizable margin there. There. The question is, though, the Chiefs are, are, by the way, the Chiefs are also leading the NFL in points per game. They're 2-0. and You know, when I look at how great Patrick Mahomes is, I, you know, I'm a guy that goes odds, okay? They're, they may be at home, and they're pretty good, and those odds are pretty good, but something tells me that we're not going to get a Kansas City Chiefs that sees a Patrick Mahomes being the miracle maker that he has been so far this year in Kansas City against San Francisco 49ers. So when I throw it to Todd, what are you looking at in this game? They're also dead last in defense. <laughs> They're dead last. They're giving up 32.5 points a game. Uh, it's it's reminding me of the old San Diego Chargers that in order for the Kansas City Chiefs to do well, they're going to have to win shootouts every single week. Um, it's a different football team. There's been a transition. A lot of their defensive guys are no longer there that were that made the core of that team, including Peters in the secondary. Um, but I I think that it is a major advantage, Sonny, for Kansas City to be at home. And that's why I'm I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs because I do think that Mahomes is going to be able to continue to light things up for a third straight week. Um, the, the 49ers are an enigma. I, I completely agree with you. Um, they played better last week, but they kind of let up in the second half of that game and they kind of let Stafford get it going. And uh, they even recovered onside kick late in the game and the Lions made a furious comeback. And they darn nearly pulled that game out until Stafford threw that that interception at the end of the game. Uh, the Niners were in danger of letting a big lead get away in a game that they seemingly were in control. I, I don't know either what to make of the Niners. They've been disappointing me the first 
couple weeks of the season. And uh, but you know, as I say, Kansas City's defense is so bad. But you know, they have Kareem Hunt, who's who's pretty darn good. Um, and Mahomes has been lighting it up. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, they've got he's got excellent weapons to go to. He's been getting really, really solid protection. Uh, and Tyreek Hill is such a main, main cog in that team, whether it's kick returns on the receiving end. And, um, he's, you know, he's doing a heck of a job. But uh, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, I believe former uh, Buffalo Bill, he's been catching the ball well. Kelsey uh, has been involved. It's in a balanced passing attack for Kansas City. I just don't know much pressure that the San Francisco 49ers can put on the youngster to make and make mistakes. But uh, it is going to be a, a, a loud a home opener uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. They've done a heck of a job winning twice on the road to start off the season, uh, Sonny, with victories at the Chargers and at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It, it is, is not easy to do. I mean, especially winning last week at Pittsburgh. So uh, I look for him to light it up again this week and I'm going for Casey to win for the third straight time. The only thing I'm looking at in this game is, is that I, I think these teams are re- actually comparably, you know, the same. Um, the problem here is I look at Kansas City. They've allowed uh, the rushing yards, four and a half yards rush. And, you know, you look at Matt Breda, he had 138 yards rushing against the Lions. Now, granted, that was the Lions. Um, but after two games, 184, uh, 8.4 yards to carry uh, to lead the league. So I think this game is going to actually be one in the running game, although I love Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got to protect this guy. He's been sacked six times. So they're going to have to figure out how they're going to stop the pass rush coming from their way. But I don't think they get a lot from that when you look at it. And I'm not a believer in Kareem Hunt. This is just a guy that I look at. I, I just I, I don't completely believe him. Let me go ahead and bring in the 6 for 6 I know who this is. Go ahead, my man. Hey, what's going on? This is Rice calling from Brooklyn. I know who it is. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. How how are you? How's everyone? I, I don't know. I, I, I almost burst the blood vessel talking about Eli Manning this morning. So there you go. <laughs> and I almost broke a blood vessel watching that Steeler game on Sunday. Last Sunday. I bet you did. <laughs> so, so look at this game, San Francisco and Kansas City. What what are you liking about this? Or are you even liking this game? I don't even know if I like this game. Well, I mean, I, I don't think – in the early games, you never know which game could become a game, right? But, I mean, Absolutely. Kansas City at home against San Francisco, I think you – obviously we've shown that there are plays to be made against their defense. I mean, I'm wanting to talk, right? But but I think Kansas City at home with that offense, um, Andy Reid and Biennemi calling the plays, you know, I like Kansas City over San Francisco. I just don't know if I believe in, in San Francisco right now. I mean, yeah, yeah the jury's still out on them. That might be uh, – I, I am a firm believer in the second coming of Jimmy G. I am. I, I got I to gotta put it that <laughs> I way. I am not. You know, I, and, and obviously Bryce doesn't think so, and that and that's where it is. But I, I look I look at this game, and I, I'll, I'll throw it back over to Todd. Who did you pick in this game as – I mean, this couldn't have been a, a hugely easy one to pick. 
Well, for me, it's not that difficult to pick. I, I still think San Francisco's got a lot of issues. Um, you're right, Jimmy G's been running for his life. He's looked confused uh, many, many times uh, uh, when running and scrambling. Um, I don't. I still think he's he's still in the learning curve of learning this league, and and he's still not got it down yet. Yeah, they looked a lot better last week offensively, but they did. As I said, they did struggle quite often in the second half against Detroit. Um, I don't really know what to make the Niners yet. I, I think we need to see them in a couple more games. But right now, they're certainly they're nowhere near where the Rams are in this NFC West. I'll tell you that they're they are not on the Rams level at this point. But um, I, I think for me, I, I don't really have I don't really have that much problem taking Kansas City today. I really I really don't. I think uh, you know they're going to be able to certainly score more than enough points. Defensively, though, yeah, they are they are a concern. They worry me. I mean, they're dead last in the league in, in scoring. They're not they're not stopping anybody through the air. And as I said, uh, Philip Rivers said it after the, the week one loss that they could have they should have had 600 yards of offense that they left a lot on the field. The Kansas City secondary is struggling quite a bit. Um, yep. But as I said, the way the way the Chiefs are able to light up offensively and how Andy Reid has created a system that. It, um, I mean, I, I, can, I think Mahomes has it. I can see that when he played the one game last year at the end of the season against the Broncos when he won that game, that this guy definitely has a lot of talent, and I can see why Reed let Smith go. I mean, he is definitely the future of this team. Uh, I just think that the crowd is going to be a fired-up crowd there today, and uh, I, I really cannot see what San Francisco defensively is going to be able to do to slow him, to slow that team down. So, I like I like Kansas City quite a bit here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the fact that he can't continue doing what he's doing that, at that high level for three weeks, and I'm just going to go just on the odd sake of it because I, listen, I'm not an idiot. I know where they're playing. They're playing in Kansas City. It's a tough place to get a victory without question. Um, okay, then some most people are saying, well, since you're not an idiot, how come you're not picking the Chiefs? Um, I, I just and I like Patrick Mahomes, and Frank, I think he's the guy. But those young guys who get in there and they have a lot of success immediately, okay, they, they get to come to Jesus is what we say. It's here Sunday. So, you know, it's time for a come to Jesus. It's going to be something that they are going to have to look out for uh, through, through this game. And, and think the 49ers are going to do anything spectacular to get the victory. I think they're just going to win it in the trenches and go ahead and try to get lucky. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and that's where, where I think I see this one going. It's going to be a good one. I know Red Zone's going to be there a lot. So I'm looking forward to that one. So that being said, of course, that's the name of this show. We'll head on to the next game as um, I'm on San Francisco. Others are on Kansas City. I might be the only one after we get uh, Tarvin and Cuervo back up online. But that being said, it brings us to the Tennessee Titans, one and one. They're lucky to be one and one. I'm sorry they are because the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are 2-0. and Listen, even with Blake Bortles, they're going to be able to bet, beat the Tennessee Titans because the guy Blake Bortles took over, Blaine Gabbert, okay, probably going to start this one. I mean, oh, God, Blaine Gabbert, he is so bad. I don't care what he – I almost hate him as bad as I hate. Eli Manning there, Bryce. So, you know, looking at this game, I mean, I, Jacksonville's going to roll this team. I mean, it, and, and here's the thing. 
This is a division game. This should be a hyped-up football game. Kansas City's going to kill them. And and Blaine Gabbard is going to realize why he's not a starting NFL quarterback again because if anybody knows Jacksonville, you know, anybody knows Blaine Gabbard is Jacksonville. Now, granted, they don't have a lot of the same guys that were on there. But, listen, it's Blaine Gabbard. You know what you're getting with Blaine Gabbard, for God's sake. And, Bryce, uh, this, this one here might be the blowout of the day. You know, you and your you and your blowouts, um, Sonny, you, you you love to talk about blowouts. You know I do. everything you're saying I'm is hard to disagree with. I'm never right, but I'm gonna be right on this one. <laughs> That's the only one I picked at this point. And so I'm gonna be right on this one. <laughs> you know, everything you said in terms of Blaine Gabbert, it should go down like this. But here's the thing. You also said something that you have to take into account about division. Rivals, listen, oh, yeah. we see it. The Tennessee Titans want a piece of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they always do. do. And, and those type of teams and these type of games, when you've got two teams that want to play physical, can tend to produce wacky results. And while Blaine, Blaine Gabbert should be overwhelmed, and I'm picking Jacksonville. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. Blaine Gabbert terrible. He is, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee made it a game. I'm going with Jacksonville, but I I still expect a tough, hard-nosed game with two teams that know each other very well, and they don't and they don't particularly like each other. That is true. They don't like each other. But again, oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead, terrible. Blaine Gabbard is he's so bad. Oh, it's unwatchable. It makes me wretch just thinking about it. He he is. He's on the level of Eli Manning. I mean, he is that bad. I mean, he is that bad. Yes, I said it. Yeah, Blaine Gabbard is bad as Blaine Gabbard. Now, how do you feel about Blaine Gabbard being your quarterback? Um, because Blaine Gabbard, if you look at the stats, okay. Had a pretty damn good game last week. and much better than Eli Manning's stat line. So that having been said, I'll shoot it over to Todd. I mean, I don't have a lot to say. This is going to be a blowout. This is going to get ugly. And it shouldn't – and Bryce, you're right. This should not be a blowout game because it is that uh, the division rival. So, Todd, what do you think about this one? I agree with, I agree with you here. I, I, I cannot see what Blaine Gabbert's going to be able to do to move that football team. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Tennessee – won the game last week more in spite of Blaine Gabbard. It wasn't anything that Blaine Gabbard did so special. I mean, he did it. I, we saw enough on red zone. I, I saw enough of it to know. It was all defense and running and some big plays, and that was – Blaine Gabbard did not do that much on the football field. I mean, come on. What is he going to do against the likes of Miles Jack or their ball-hawking secondary and, 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 and the pass rush and Camel? What the heck are they going to be able to do – to scare the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care what issues Blake Bortles had. Look, we bagged on Blake Bortles. I give him his respect for what he did last week without his star running back and, it, and the way he played against the New England Patriots. I hope we see that Blake Bortles, because if we do from this point forward, the, the Jaguars will be a very serious threat. I hope it was just not just a one-off, because he impressed me last week. He showed a lot of doubters wrong that he could actually help win a game with mostly his ability. Now, you know, the Jaguars are fine, even if Leonard did not play today with C.J. Yeldon. They have enough on the running game. I cannot see, honestly, what the Titans are going to be able to do. I don't care if it's a division 
division game. I mean, if, if Mariota was there, I would say that he would be at least they would be able to at least you know keep this game relatively close because of his ability to improvise and make plays. I don't see the same thing here with Blake Gabbert because there's nothing he is going to be able to do, Sonny, to scare a defense. So the Jaguars, seventh ranked defensively in the league uh, statistically. And as I said, the Titans are near the bottom at 22nd. Um, and as I said, I just cannot see any, any way that the Titans – would be able to stay in this game past the first half. I don't. We'll miss it without Delaney Walker for the rest of the season for a safety valve kind of receiver. What are the Titans going to be able to do to maintain drives uh, against that Jaguars defense? I can't see it at all. Well, it's real simple. You know, Blake Bortles is not. Okay, let me repeat that, okay? Blake Bortles is not going to throw for as many yards as he did last week. Blake Bortles threw for 376 yards last week, okay? I got news for you. I, and listen, I, I'll pounce all over the Jaguars. Just ask Bryce. He thinks I'm crazy, okay? But the simple fact of the matter is Blake Bortles throwing for 150 yards. I, I don't say. think so, Jim. I don't think it's going to happen. This is going to be an ugly football game. For God, I mean, Blake Bortles, I love him, but he's not going to throw for that amount of yards. So, as has been said, I, I, I will give it to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense because it is Blaine Gabbard on the other side. So, he can throw for that 150 yards that he's also used to doing, by the way. If, I mean, look at Blake Bortles if you look at him. I mean, how many games has he thrown for 175 yards or less in his career? Let me just answer the question for you. It's many. All right. So, and, you know, but – that defense of Jacksonville Jaguars is for real. And guess what? They they say it all the time that Jackson uh, that defense wins championships. Well, guess what? In this game, it's going to be enough in this one, Bryce, because the Jacksonville Jaguars are good. You know what they're going to do? This is what, you know, have you ever had crackers and ham and cheese on it? Have you ever had that? You know, you, you get a round Ritz cracker, you put some ham on it, and you put cheese there. Blaine Gabbard is going to be the mustard that you put on top of that nice little snack to make it almost a meal. That's what's going to happen here, okay? Blaine Gabbard is going to get sacked about seven times. He's going to get knocked out of the game, and then they're going to bring in some no-name backup quarterback that no one knows who the hell it's going to be, okay? They don't also, that having been said, the Jacksonville Jaguars bringing back Leonard Fournette this week is the dumbest move in the world. And I heard that this guy's going to play. This is, it's almost as bad as, you know, playing guys – you know, like over in Philadelphia where you got Carson Wentz back in a football game. That's stupid. Leonard Fournette needs to play this game like Sonny Clark needs another ho-ho, okay? It doesn't need to happen, and that's what's ending up happening here. I'm hearing that he's going to play. You know, so sometimes you got to, you know, you got to get out of your own way of stupidity. And, Bryce, they're just not doing it. Leonard Fournette does not need to play in this game because one good hit can take him out for six to eight weeks or possibly the whole season. Uh, yeah, I think Fournette is actually going to be out today. So uh, that means more carries for that means more carries for TJ Yeldon again. You know, and like him, and Jacksonville's dealing with a little bit. Jacksonville's dealing with a couple injuries. I know Ramsey will play. Um, Ramsey, with Mariota being yep. out. Yeah, um, with Mariota being out, obviously Blaine Gabbert doesn't give you 
doesn't give you the best chance to win. But there is a formula that Tennessee is not going to deviate. The thing that helps Tennessee is they're not going to deviate from their personality. They're going to line up. They're going to try to be very physical with their running backs. They're going to try to come off the football, get downhill, three yards in a cloud of dust, make it a very ugly game, and unleash their defense because I think that the Tennessee Titan defense believes that they can, they can have a lot of success against the Jacksonville Jaguar offense. They don't believe in Blake Bortles. Darrell Casey has said it as much, <laughs> and they don't fear him. And a lot of times in the NFL, it seems when guys are so equally matched, momentum and mindset, will you play it apart? Where when you take the field, if they fear your quarterback, they're going to construct a game plan around that. Well, they don't fear Blake Bortles. So I think you're going to see a lot of two-man, a lot of single high. They're going to get in the receiver's faces, um, and, they're going to make, and, and they're going to make Blake Bortles beat them because they're going to try to shut down the run game, which, hey, that can really play in the, that can play into Tennessee's hands if they don't turn, if they don't turn the football over. Um, it's on the road. It's going to be a very hostile environment. But this is going to be a fun game. Should be an interesting game. I'm on the Jacksonville Jaguars to kill them. Hey, before I, I, I Bryce, how long do you have before you got to bail? Because I know you got to bail sometimes. Yeah, um, I got a little bit, uh, but I can stick around okay. for a little bit. All right. We'll, we'll, before you go, we'll get your. Well, you know what? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it on the other side. I'm going to bring in Monday night's game on the other side. So that's what we do. Okay. We got to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Uh, so we got to go to commercials. You know, pay some of the bills that we got going on here. So we'll do that on the other side. We'll start off with Monday Night Football because I don't want to lose Bryce because I got to, I got I got a bone to pick with Bryce. I got a bone, to, <laughs> and, and not only that, I got a bone to pick. A bone to pick with the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I can't stand the guy anyway, but we'll do that. We'll take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. In our ninth season, our 33rd episode, we'll be right back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Of course, if the button works. There we go. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Raleigh Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash 
Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com.
I don't think so, Jim. Okay. Oh, oh, I am. I'm sorry. I am back, and I just went on a diatribe, so I got to go back and I got to repeat it. I am back. <laughs> I had. I'm I can sorry. hear you, Sonny. <laughs> I was on mute. I, I did. I did a quervo. Um. So I got to go back. All right. So, go back to what I was talking about in the diatribe in silence. Okay. First of all, okay. I get to do it again. This is fun. Dirk Cotter, you're a phony. Dirk Cotter, you're the biggest phony in the NFL as a head coach. You should be fired. You should have been fired last year. Uh, you know, uh, uh, taking credit for uh, – by the way, by the way, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it, and I'll, I'll just say it right out so I'll bring Joan back in. Listen, if you're going to get a good nickname, okay, get a good nickname. Ryan Fitzmagic magic is it, okay? The hardest working man in sports radio is a good nickname. Ryan Fitzmagic is not. It's stupid. I hate it. So that's number one, okay? All right. By the way, let's not forget who Ryan Fitzpatrick is, okay? The guy sucks, period. He sucks, okay? You know, every blind dog will find a bone every once in a while. He just happened to find two. You know, there were two dead animals around, and there were two bones right there. So Ryan Fitzpatrick sucks, okay? Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he was a good football player, he'd be a starting uh, uh, quarterback for the Jets. Guess what? He's not. All right, so this guy sucks, okay? Now, some people can find a little a, a little re, uh, resurgence of their their career. Great, wonderful. Ryan Fitzpatrick, at best, is a very flat retread, okay? So, getting two games, you should be – Tampa Bay, you should be happy that you're 2-0, okay? And by the way, I'll go back to Dirk Cotter. Stick with your 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 lobster lobster tail uh, ripoff guy. Okay, that's your that's your product. It's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. So listen, listen, Dirk, don't take credit for it. He is, by the way, he's loving every second of it, and, and it, it, make, it makes me want to puke. Dirk Cotter, you're a phony. Okay, and not only that. Uh, we're going to talk Monday Night Football right now, and I'm going to shoot it over to Bryce. You're you're in trouble this week because the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to be a happy football team going into Monday Night Football, even though they may be on the road. Tampa Bay still sucks, okay, because you've got Ryan Fitz. Oh, my God, what the hell? I got Patrick in at the quarterback position, and I don't trust it. And Dirk Cotter, you're a phony. I'll put it back out there. You're a phony. Okay, go ahead, Bryce. I'm done. <laughs> mm. Go ahead. I'm shooting it to you because this is your game, my friend. I want to get you before you leave. So you're on mute. Okay. That being said, I I might have lost Bryce. Oh, 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 oh. Sonny, I pulled to you, and I and and I pulled to you and was on mute. (laughs) So now I have to go back and talk about this. Go ahead. I, I know you're going to um, say I lost my mind, but go ahead and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I know you think I am. Uh, well, listen, I mean, I know you, you don't like Dirk. That's not your guy. He's never what? been your guy. Got his, 
He's got his team 2-0, and and that offense is explosive. Wait, wait, and in terms wait, of matchups, wait, 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 wait Pittsburgh... Hey, hey, the hey, Pittsburgh. Me. The blasphemy! The blasphemy! The blasphemy! Dirk Cotter didn't do it. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not Fitzpatrick, because it's a stupid nickname. It, it was Fitzpatrick. It wasn't Dirk Cotter. Blasphemy! The blasphemy! Okay, now I'll let you go. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, oh, okay, I look... I'm going to give Fitzpatrick a lot of credit. I mean, the guy has this thing. He's a street. He reminds me. You know who Fitzpatrick street. reminds me of? Yep. He, he reminds me of J.R. Smith. Um, he could be J.R. <laughs> Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know, he can go on a yeah. run and be super streaky, and then he can have five games in a row where he's 9 of 23 with four picks. It, it's, just, it's just the way it is. He's not super consistent right now. And that offense, he's on a streak, and he's got weapons around him. The run game's a little weak, but those, that receiving core, O.J. Howard, I like him at tight end, they're tough to handle. And if you can't get a rush on him, he can sit back there and get to those weapons. And, I mean, I got to look at and, – and when I look at my Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't like what I'm seeing. Look, I'm not, I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. I, yeah. um, because, I mean, I, and, look, they are the Steelers. that's the smart thing to do. Don't panic yet. You're right. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not panicking, but let me tell you something. This is going to be a tough game for them. Um, they don't. They have to get. I mean, they played Cleveland the first week. They had a lot of time to prepare. They're not a. They're not a well-coached defensive unit. I think Keith Butler a lot of times is in over his head. I think his defenses tend to be somewhat predictable. He gets caught in bad matchups um, all the time. I just don't think we have the coaching edge a lot of times. Um, he might be coaching himself out of a job. I thought maybe he was going to be out of a job against Jacksonville last year. But, yeah, and that defense, you can just – you can't trust them. The defense, you nope. can't trust. Offensively, a lot of talent, but still sometimes too many mistakes. Feetner's a new offensive coordinator. I like his mindset. Attacking the middle of the football field, that might mean A.B. getting targets, but he might get less opportunities because of the way teams trying to take him away. I'm not mad at that. I think offensively there's enough there to take them to a Super Bowl. There really is. Even with Bell, even with Bell not there, regardless of what people think, when you have Ben Roethlisberger, you always have a chance. That's just how I see him as a quarterback. Absolutely. But can their defense and coaching and special teams be trusted? And right now they just haven't earned it. So, I mean, I'm going down with the ship. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. But I tell you what, I don't have a lot of trust right now right now in my staff and my defense and special teams to be consistent enough. And this is a perfect time for Bradshaw going off on Tomlin, you know, so he's got an excuse to continue what he's saying. But really, the simple fact of the matter is, Dirk, Dirk Cotter, you know, you, you, you've got... Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. Stop taking credit for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Cuervo, I got you back in. Looking at this game, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know where I stand on this because I think he's a phony. The biggest phony NFL head coach should be back in college, you know, coaching back at Boise State before he ruined my ASU Sun Devils. Go ahead, Cuervo. Well, so first of You're all, I wanted to afternoon to Bryce, who's with us. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, you know, I thanks, man. I appreciate you too. You know, uh, we've have we not seen this before from Ryan Ryan yep. Patrick? You know, he, he goes to a new yep. team, right? And he's on fire his first two three weeks, and then just like just like anything else, you know, uh, whether it's a nice 
cold glass of uh, Coca-Cola or whatever your preferred drink is, it fizzles away, right? That's what I'm starting to think is going to happen with Ryan Fitzpatrick yet again. You know, it sounds great and all. We always give him this nickname of Fitz Magic, and, and it's, it's cool and it's fun to talk it's about. Just, it's not cool. I'm sorry. I got to I got to interrupt you. Okay, that is not a good nickname. That's a whole. It, it, so blasphemy. Blasphemy. It's, it's not a good nickname. It's a stupid nickname. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. So, all right. Fine. We'll just we'll just call him by his name then. Fitzpatrick. Yes. Right. Yes. All right. Yes. We'll, we'll call him Ryan for for Ryan for lack of a better term. Um. <laughs> Here's here's the deal though, I'm really concerned, Bryce, uh, and I'm sure you are too. I think I heard you just say I'm really concerned about your Steelers. I really am, and then, and this is the first time I've in, in a long time that I've truly can say that I have genuine concerns. Like normally, you know, teams they they lose games and and you start questioning certain things, and and that's natural. But I think the situation going on in Pittsburgh right now. Is lies deeper than just hey you know we 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 are o one and one and we we just haven't gotten the ship right just yet you know and, and I'm not even going to talk about the whole Antonio Brown trade me tweet because that that was just silly that has nothing to do with what's going on in Pittsburgh. However, what you saw on the sideline last week, the frustration that's starting to build with Antonio. The health of Bren Roethlisberger. On top of that, now you got Le'Veon Bell shooting off on on social media yet again this morning, talking about how he's not appreciated. And oh, why can't people just appreciate me? Look, dude. <laughs> if look, if the Steelers decide they don't want to pay you, it is what it is, man. Like, just you got to man up and 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 deal with it. You know, it, it, trust me. There's 31 other teams in the NFL that would. Absolutely love to have you, and I know you're going to argue against this. Absolutely love to overpay huge. for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? But some 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 teams are okay with that because that might be the missing piece that they need to, uh, you know, complete whatever they've got going on within their within their franchise, right? Uh, just like the quarterback position, people are you're always going to overpay for a quarterback. I don't care what anybody says, thinks, believes. Like, it's just going to happen. That's just the nature of the business in the NFL. You're going to overpay for quarterbacks. Well, here's the deal. Le'Veon Bell is a different dude, all right? Everybody that that focuses on him as a running back, yes, that's his position. That is his title. But he does so much outside of that realm that if you can afford him and you need him, Teams will do what they have to do to get that guy starting next year or even in a trade. So I think that the Steelers just – they need to just – my point is, and Bryce, you may agree with me or you may disagree with me. I don't know. The, the Steelers just need to go ahead and make a decision now, whether they're going to pay the guy, whether they're going to trade him, whatever they're going to do with Le'Veon Bell, this, whole, this holdout fingering – is not good for the franchise. They just like they've done throughout their time with guys like Mike Wallace and, and you know and all these other 
dudes that they that they just let go. You know, James Harrison when he left for the few years that he was just make a decision. They they just have to make a choice on either keeping it within the franchise or moving on. Him holding out and saying stuff it's just it's just gonna it's just gonna be a distraction for the Pittsburgh Steelers the longer they allow this to go on. Definitely. And what I'll do, I'll throw it to Todd really quick. Todd, when you're looking at this game, I mean, even though we're out of order here, but what are you looking at? Who do you have in this one? Although I know who you have. Go ahead. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't easy for me to pick it because I've always been the, one of the biggest critics of laughing at Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's failed at every stop he's been. I remember when he was at the Bills and there was a big game, there was a playoff game on the line, I believe, against the Jets. He chunked. Uh, I mean, he's just, I mean, I'm sorry, when he was actually with, I think he was with the Jets at the time, but he had a big, he is and come through in big games, and he is what he is. And um, he has been absolutely, it is a, a fun story. But it's just like uh, one of my heroes in, in baseball, Bartolo Colon. He, he started off a house of fire this year, and then he kind of sizzled out. And um, all I respected a hell of a lot when, uh, his career has been, but, you know, he certainly accomplished a lot more than Ryan Fitzpatrick, who basically had one decent year uh, with the Buffalo Bills. The thing is, it's, it's shocking everybody that uh, it might even be shocking himself, although he'll never admit it, uh, that the first two games he's been so successful. But um, I have decided, because the Steelers have so many issues, and I think this Bell issue of not paying the money, it's just it's tinkered down to everybody. Now, as you say, Brown's whining. I don't know if Tomlin has a, uh, a pulse right now on this football team, and that to me is as much of a problem as anything else. But you know, if you look at the game here, and it's going to be it's, it's an incredibly difficult game to call. They both have the top passing offenses in the league, but they also have the, some of the worst defenses in the league. Pittsburgh's near the bottom. Tampa is second to last in yards allowed. The only real advantage Pittsburgh has, they still have a, a relatively decent pass rush or eight uh, sacks in the first two games of the season. But the thing is, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, uh, Deshaun Jackson's coming up a big game. Um, you know, Ryan's had so many weapons to deal with. He's had protection. He's made smart decisions. He's run when he's had to, and he made yardage doing that when a play would break down. Um, I'm looking for magic to, to last one more week. And then after that, I see a fizzle. But uh, I just think the Steelers have so many issues and so many problems and virtually have no running game to speak of that I, I'm going in, in a wild shootout game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because right now the Steelers cannot stop anybody. I mean, uh, let's be honest, they should have lost the, the Cleveland game also. We all know that. Um, but as I said, I just think the Steelers have too many problems and they're not going to be rectified until a decision is made on Bell. And as I say, um, it just doesn't bode well for that football team that Brown is, is whining uh, about uh, a lack of opportunities. Uh, I just think that uh, the Buccaneers will do it for one more week than after that, Bell. No, but as far as what you say about Dirk Cotter, he's, he's, he's the luckiest guy alive. He's done, he does absolutely Big nothing. Time. He hasn't been relevant since Boise State. So that basically is where I stand on that. Uh, it's not because of anything Dirk Cotter's doing and why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-0, and but I'm going to go with them one more time this week. 
Randy Fitchner, okay, those that don't know who I just said, I know Bryce knows who he, who he is, but he's the one that took over for uh, at the offensive coordinator for Todd Haley, okay? All right, listen, when you go from Todd Haley, you can say whatever you want about that relationship, that, that rough-and-tumble relationship, but Todd Haley, okay, the Steelers, Okay, they went six and one with him when he first started there. Okay, all right. So obviously, there's a little bit of difference between Todd Haley and Randy Fincher, but the Steelers will always figure out a way to get it done. That's the reason why. Now, granted, I I go off on what I do and just have some fun, but I honestly think the Steelers will be able to put it together. On as he's you know he hasn't. But here's another thing: when you think about that whole situation. The relationship between Ben Roethlisberger and Randy Fitzgerald has to get better, okay, because that's the guy – those are the guys that are going to have to call the place. They're going to have to call the right place, call the right place at the right time, Cuervo, and right now we're not getting that. And like you said, you're worried about him since the first time – I am worried about him since the first time, since 2012, but guess what? Todd Haley got over it immediately. I think Randy Fitzgerald is going to be a guy who's going to be able to learn while he's doing it and finally and eventually get the job done and I think it's going to start with Tampa Bay because where they are right now in reality the Pittsburgh Steelers okay we're talking about an 0-1-1 and they're winning this football game after two games they didn't win the game but they didn't lose the game um, which by the way they should have destroyed them um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is not something that I'm completely you know, sold on. And if you give Big Ben an opportunity to win the football game, I think he's going to be able to take it. And he's been known to go into hostile environments and have a good football game. That's really the real reason why I'm on Pittsburgh. Cuervo, who you got in this one? Cuervo's on the classic mute. Or, yeah, there he is. Go ahead. Yeah. Classic muting. It's because, you know, there's sometimes or a lot of times I have background noise, so I don't want to distract. But aside from that, um, you know, this is this is a tough one for me because there's reasons I like Pittsburgh and then there's reasons I like Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I already addressed the issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, the distractions, uh, the the the, um, you know, the I guess just the, the animosity, the the. I guess the, I don't know how to say it, but all, all the things going on, people are getting frustrated already because they haven't won a game yet. Look, it, it, it's week three, guys. Like, just relax. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, all right, you're, you're one of the great franchises in NFL history. Now, that being said, Tampa Bay is also a team that's on fire. Whether you like it or not, son, look, Tampa Bay is – the most explosive offense in the NFL right now. You know, I know a lot of people don't want to see it that way, but that's the truth to the matter. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of who can stop or who's going to figure out the, the, how to stop Fitzpatrick this time, you know, cause we, he did it in Buffalo. He did it with the jets. And now he's doing it in Tampa Bay where he's on fire his first two, three starts. And, you know, we all know the story. Eventually, it's going to fade away. But the question yep. is, when is it going to be? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be next week? Is it going to be four? When's it going to be? So, honestly, I, I I kind of feel like this could be able to 
last one more week. Uh, and it's it's nothing against the Steelers. I just think with all the the things going on within their their franchise and the internal problems they have, it does affect you on the field. And yep. I think also another thing you got to think about too is this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's possibly his last start before the decision comes to bring Jameis Winston back in. Now we can argue all day whether we think Fitzpatrick should stay the starter or not. But ultimately, it's going to be Dirk Cotter's decision. I have a feeling he's going to go back to Winston, and we're going to see the end of Fitzpatrick. And who knows what's going to happen with the Tampa Bay Bucks oh, from there. So oh, this is one of those fired. Fired. <laughs> last situations, and I think Tampa Bay wins. What a mistake. Dirk Cotter will get up. So you're on Pittsburgh then? Um, I'm going to go Tampa. Tampa Bay. Got it. So, Cuervo's on Tampa Bay. Now, here's what we're going to do. we got to go flash. we got 32 minutes, and I want to go through the games that you didn't uh, – that we covered while you were gone, Cuervo. So, quick review. i got to get really out of here, Sonny, but thanks, on. man. Always great to call in. You betcha, Bryce. Have a good one. Always great to call All right, in. Bryce, take care. So, take care, Bryce. Take care, guys. All right, so Cuervo in flashes. So let's do flash. New York Giants, sure. Houston Texans. We t- I, already, I already posted on my Facebook what I think about Eli Manning and the Giants after they lose today to Houston. Who do you got in this one, Houston or the Giants, and why? Yeah, I, you, you, you've got some love for Eli Manning, Sonny. A lot of love. <laughs> but, uh, no. Yeah, I know. You, can't, you hate Eli Manning as much as you hate Brian Hoyer and Dirk Cotter and – and Kirk yeah. Cousins and all these other guys oh, yeah. that just won't Classic, give any credit hate. to whatsoever. Why are you hating? Yes, I know. <laughs> he hate me. That's 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 their motto. But that's, um, that's right. Yeah, you know, I think I'll try to make this as fast as possible. Look, uh, Giants trying to make some changes on the offensive line. They're gonna they're gonna start a different right tackle to try and contain JJ Watt. Good luck with that. I like Houston in this yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was about as quick as it gets. So, Cuervo's on Houston. All right, and Oakland and Miami. Uh, Oakland going cross country. Miami has a habit of winning games at home. They're uh, surprising two and zero. Oakland is where they are. Um, I can't even explain where they are. Um, it, it does, does Chucky get his first victory uh, with his new uh, Oakland Raiders team, or is Miami going to uh, head out with the win? No, I, I, I uh, wait. The game's in Miami. You said game is in Miami. Yeah, give me the Dolphins. Like you said, they're they're a better team at home, uh, and I just don't like the I don't like what I see. From the Raiders, if they only had a pass rusher, you know what? That, that's what they really need. They need a pass rusher. Yep. It's too bad that they don't have one. All right, moving on. Yeah, they used to. Uh, there you go. And uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville. You know, I, I, everybody, uh, myself and Todd are on Jacksonville in this one. Uh, Tennessee starting Blaine Gabbard again. Um, you know, can Blaine Gabbard have, you know, what he did last week? Okay, that was that was a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, it was mostly defense that did it for Tennessee and everything. What do you think about that game, Jacksonville and, and Tennessee? Yeah, it doesn't sound like Mariota's going to have much of an impact in this game. I know he's active, but I think they're going to – didn't they say they're going to start Blaine Gabbert over Mariota? Yeah, they said they'd start Gabbert, yep. 
Yeah, I, I guess they want to lose this game. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars, even without Leonard Fournette, who was inactive. Yeah, without Fournette, and which, by the way, even if they did have Marcus Mariota, they're probably going to lose the game. Now, the one where I almost pulled out the uh, the um, couch potato quarter, San Francisco at Kansas City, everything says Kansas City all over this, and I'm saying odds. I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to have the big games that they're talking about. And, oh, you know, you look at San Francisco, they're getting better. Um, so I think there's a, you know, on a Sunday, come to Jesus for Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position, although I really, really like him and he's the right guy. I, I, am, on, uh, I am on San Francisco. Todd's on Kansas City. Where are you at? Yeah, so in uh, the Alex Smith Bowl, I mean, that's just a stupid thing to think about, but it, it popped up in my head. But anyways, um, there you go. Yeah, I like I like the Chiefs. I just think you know you want to talk about a quarterback that's on fire. How about Patrick Mahomes? Ten touchdowns, yes. no interceptions, if I remember correctly. I don't think he's turned the ball over once yep. so far this year. Nope. For a guy as young as him, I mean that that's impressive. Is it going to continue? No, I don't. I don't think it will. Uh, he might turn the ball over today. But I still like the Chiefs overall. I don't think they have anybody that can stop a Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and I think he's going to have another big game. And on top of that, um, you know, Andy Reid is a guy that, that knows how to uh, get under the skin of, of, of young quarterbacks. You know, And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is going to struggle today. So I like the Chiefs. All right. And I am on Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Here we got. Four game. We got Chargers, Rams, Chicago, Arizona, or yeah, Chicago, Arizona, and Dallas, Seattle, New England, and Detroit. All flashes mm-hmm. as we only got thirty minutes left to go in the show, so we'll flash up on top of these Chargers at Ram. I just like what I'm getting from Philip Rivers at the quarterback position. Rams are doing exactly what they should. I mean, they should win football games, and they have been able to do that. Uh, but I look at this football team, and I ask. Is there really anything such as a home field advantage? Now, the Rams, they should have it. They're 2-0. Chargers are 1-1. and They should have won the first week. Uh, that didn't happen. So I think they're a better football team. So, Cuervo, I should shoot it over to you. I'm, I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers and the guy that I think that is going to get the job done. Plus, I think, again, I think the Chargers are going to win the AFC West, so they're going to need this game even though it's not in the division and or in the conference. Go ahead, Cuervo. Possible Super Bowl preview? I've heard of people, uh, uh, you know, did pictures. You just, as, as... Did, did you just say that, Cuervo? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. That's yeah, not uh, my question. Can we talk? jeez. Oh, <laughs> look, Joan, Joan, listen, Joan. That's not my Super Bowl pick, okay? I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, that's that's for me. Uh, no, for me. I, I think that's blasphemy. I think it is. Yeah, even. I think even it's it is blasphemy. I, I trust me. I try to talk to them, and they don't want to listen. It's it is blasphemy. Yep. But th- there's people out there that are picking these two teams to play in the Super Bowl. I, I again, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. But if I guess it's you know it would be interesting to have an L.A. Super Bowl, even though the the and imagine if it was in L.A., that would be crazy. But you know, as far as today's game though, I I would probably I'm leaning more towards the Rams just because I think that their defense has been playing a little bit better. Look, you know, as much as 
as, as the Chargers are, are doing things offensively. Look, defensively, I mean, they allowed Josh Allen to do what he wanted in the second half last week in that game against the Buffalo Bills. He pretty much had – I wouldn't say he had his way, but he was he was moving the ball down the field, looked like with not much trouble. So, um, you know, imagine what Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and that offense is going to be able to do against that defense. So I, I like the Rams. Todd, shoot up on this one. This is I don't usually get pumped about individual games so much. This one I am. This is going to be a fun game to watch. And there's only three games on at one at four Eastern today. We're going to see, I'm sure, most of this game, Sonny, over the other two. This is going to have action uh, personified. Um, I I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I do think the Chargers are going to have to rally to win this division because I do see the Rams winning this game today. Um, but it's going to be it, it's going to be good. Uh, I mean, the Chargers obviously have a tremendous amount of weapons in the receiving core with Allen and, and his friends. And defensively, I just it's really it's a matter of who is able to run the ball effectively because neither team's star running backs have really got it going yet. Uh, Gurley and Ingram have kind of struggled. Both of them, they really have not had that huge of an impact in their victories so far this season, or even for the Chargers, even in the, you know, in the loss. So um, the Chargers are going to need an effective running game because Rivers is not going to be able to beat the Rams and their ball hawks like Tlaib and Peters uh, enough. They're going to have to have some semblance of a running game, and it's just a matter of who uh, dominates in the running game. Um, I, I, I like the Rams to win this game because I don't think the Rams have even hit their stride offensively, to be honest with you. I mean, Goff's been okay, three touchdowns and one interception. Um, but the Rams just have such a strong defense, and they're, they're near the top of the league in defense, and the Chargers are not going to be able to beat them being a one-dimensional attack. If they're not able to run the ball effectively and slow down that pass rush, they're going to have difficulties. And as far as the home field, that really is not much of a factor because the Ram fans aren't exactly the loudest in the league. And I'm sure the Chargers will have a, a group of fans there. But um, it will be they an extremely entertaining game. Don't they? Don't they well, no, because the Chargers stadium? right now are playing in the Galaxy Stadium down in Carson for another couple of years, about 30 miles, you know, 20 miles south of there. Okay. So it really is not going to be that. Yeah. So. I know we're running short, but I'm, I'm just going to say that I'm going to I'm going to go up the Rams to win the game. I very good. So I'm the only one going Chargers at least so far. We'll get Chargers fairly quickly. Next game up on board, eight year Chicago Bears should be three and zero, Um, but they're not. But that don't mean anything. I think the Chicago Bears, uh, even on the road at one and one, can beat the Arizona Cardinals. And the Arizona Cardinals are the Arizona Cardinals of the early two, uh, the early ninth. Well, actually, the mid nineteen nineties to the early two thousands. They're back to that because they don't have a quarterback. And you say whatever you want. Bradford's not the guy. They need a Hall of Fame type quarterback in there. They don't have them, and they don't have a prayer. I, the Bear, Khalil Mack will get three, three, uh, you know, three, three numbers today. Whether it's a pick, whether it be a sack or an interception, he might get one of each in this one. This one's going to get ugly, and your Bears roll and go to two and one. Cuervo. Bears. 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 That that was quick <laughs> yeah. enough. Uh, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about it. And Todd, you're on the Bears too, aren't you? Or are you are you gonna go? Yeah, I'm on the Bears. I'm on the Bears. 
I'm on the Bears studying the thing is before you guys went off the air last week, I was next year it's Cuervo, but I thought the Bears were were actually my lock of the week over Seattle. But I look at this game, Sonny, the Bears need to win this game. It's a very important game because honestly, when you look at the Bears schedule, guys, it's doable. Next week the Bucks come in and that's the time that I think the Ryan Magic will start going down. You get by that game, they go to Miami until the Patriots come in, but then the Jets come in, then they go to Buffalo, and the Lions come in. The Bears have a very good, decent schedule, uh, pretty much. So I like for them to win this. I don't see what Arizona's going to be able to do. They have not been able to run the ball effectively. Johnson's not gotten anything really going. Uh, Bradford sucks. Uh, defensively, Matt's going to give them all kinds of problems. Uh, Jordan Howard's running the ball enough. Trubisky will make more than enough plays. Uh, I look for kind of a similar game, guys, to what – happened when Alex Smith brought the skins into Arizona a couple weeks ago, and I see a similar result for the Chicago Bears. And Larry Fitzpat, uh, Larry Fitzgerald will be looking for next train out uh, of Arizona because they're just that bad. I don't have a lot to talk about a football team that has gone from, you know, the top to the bottom so quick. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. They are at home on uh, Sunday afternoon football game. The Dallas Cowboys headed into town. The Cowboys, I think, are just going to roll on this, mainly because of the fact there's not a defense and mainly because a Dak Prescott. Everybody sit there. Listen, I'm down here. You people here in Dallas, you guys are so finicky. You guys are the – I'll say it, You might be the dumbest fans out there. Dak Prescott is your guy. Okay? They went 13-2 and two last year. They are in the playoffs. Give, give this kid a break, for God's sake. They get the good win last week. Get your – hey, fall in love with Dak because he's going to be the reason why as soon as they get some real wide receivers out there or maybe even a tight end. However, until then, they have the Seattle Seahawks. I, I love Russell Wilson, but listen, when you don't have a defense square vote, it's going to be hard to beat a football team that has Ezekiel Elliott coming at you, and you're not going to be able to stop the run. Cuervo. You know, Sonny, I, I actually think even though that Seattle doesn't have the big names anymore that they used to have, I think their defense is still good. Okay, They're not great like they used to be, but I still think it, it holds together nicely. Uh, and, you know, what I saw last week from the Seattle Seahawks is, you know, that, uh, that I think that if Russell Wilson uh, can just, just be in the shotgun the whole game, like, and I know for the most part he is just continue to do that because if he lines up under center, um, it's, it's not going to be good. Now I'm not, I'm not, trying to build up the Cowboys defense here. I'm just saying that that's how bad Seattle's offensive line is. So in all, in all honesty, um, look, Dallas has not done well when they go to Seattle. I think they've won once in the past, you know, five, six times that they've gone up there. And that was what, three, four years ago when they, when they actually did beat the Seahawks. So my point is Dallas doesn't play well in Seattle. A lot of bad things have happened when Dallas goes to Seattle. And so with that said, I actually like Seattle Seahawks to win this game. So as crazy as it sounds, I'm picking the Seahawks. And Todd, you're, you're on board with this one. If I'm not mistaken, you have the Seahawks over the Dallas Cowboys as well. I couldn't agree more with Cuervo because with, with Russell Wilson being sacked 12 times already, which is, 
far and away leading the league. And you know how evasive he is. And, I mean, he sacked 12 times. They might as well go shotgun all game because their line is bad. But um, the thing is, I think Seattle has a very large advantage being at home, and it is a home opener for them. Also, he's right. Dallas traditionally has a lot of problems against Seattle. I know Zeke Elliott, you would think on paper, should be able to run the ball extremely effectively against Seattle. But Seattle's defense is not as dominating as as it used to be. They don't have the guys back there, the secondary chancellor and Richard Sherman and all these guys. But the thing about it is uh, it's more of a bending defense. They're breaking a little bit, but it's still – you have to earn your yards on them, and you have to have long drives for the most part to beat them. And their defense did not play badly last week against the Chicago Bears. Um, But it's just something about the Seahawks at home uh, with Russell Wilson that – I just, I just got a feeling on this that the Seahawks are going to find a way to beat the Cowboys. I, I, I just, I just think so because you know Dallas is still looking for those go-to guys in the receiving court, and I just don't know, you know, how much they're really going to be able to hurt that, the hurt Seattle's defense. The only thing that would, of course, help Dallas is if Elliott would have a a 100-yard plus rushing game against Seattle, and um, uh, I just don't think. Um, the Legion of Doom back there will allow that. They still have fairly decent linebackers. Um, it's going to be hard to really break a lot of plays. I, I, I'm going with Seattle because I think Russell Wilson will find a way to get it done at home. I do. And that's and that's going to be the question. It, it, Russell Wilson has to be that top five quarterback that everybody insists that he is. And uh, yeah, as much as I like Russell Wilson, I don't know if I put him there. I was there last year, but a lot of that comes with the combination of having a good defense and not having to be the the savior each and every week. And I think there's something to be said about that. And I don't think Russell Wilson is that kind of quarterback. But so that's the reason why I'm up on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, on to the final game of the week. We've covered them all except this one, and and I'm just going to put it out there. I got the upset alert on this one. I know it sounds incredibly stupid because, really, I mean, come on. It's the Lions. They suck. But if anybody is going to be able to beat them, okay, it's Matt Patricia. and, And I'm not saying that they should win this game or will win this game. I'm saying if anybody can get it done, it's Matt Patricia. And I think Matt Patricia needs this game. I, and not to save his job or anything, but maybe save a little bit of his reputation. Now, granted, you get this game early in the season, so you get the opportunity to, you know, come out and shock somebody. I, I think, and if it's going to happen, and if the Lions are going to have to fight to get back in it, because I had the Lions actually finishing second in this division, mainly because of Patricia, mainly because of the change in attitude, and maybe the new found attitude running in that thing would pre- present itself as victories out on the football field. Well, I don't think that's going to happen this year per se, but I'm going to give the credit to the guy that knows this team the best. There, there's no other defensive coordinator that knows the New England Patriots offense better than Matt Patricia. He's seen it week in, week out in practice and end game situations. If there's anybody that knows him and knows him well, it's going to be him. I'm on shock alert. I'm on I'm on upset alert. I'm on the Lions, Cuervo. You know what, Tony? I, I I don't know if you guys have 
have read online this morning, an interesting story came out um, about Rob Gronkowski. Do you guys do you guys know what I'm referring to? Yeah, no. I do. You said don't. I don't. I do. uh, Todd doesn't. I do. I read it. Uh, he was actually looked to be dealt over to the Detroit Lions. Yeah. At the so, so of the just to fill you in real quick, Todd, there was actually. Uh, a deal that was almost in place where Rob Gronkowski was going to be traded to the Detroit Lions. I guess Matt Patricia wanted him to come with him to Detroit. And when that happened, Gronk, Gronk threatened to retire. So they decided to not trade him, which I thought was really interesting just because of the simple fact that, you know, I guess the reason behind not wanting to leave New England, you know, is, is it because he didn't, you know, want to leave New England. He doesn't want to leave Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, or he just doesn't want to be with Matt Patricia. Uh, you know, it, it's it's it was to me it was pretty crazy to read that he almost got traded. And uh, you know, I, I think you know for this game that is going to be a factor. Uh, and I think Matt Patricia is going to do everything in his power to make sure that Gronk is not affected in this game. And I, and I think it's going to be close. But, look, guys, we're talking about number 12. We're talking about arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football uh, in the National Football League. So, look, I mean, New England, they're, they're going to win the game, guys. I really, I, To me, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about except this story of Gronk almost getting traded to the Detroit Lions. Um, you know what? Me, you know what, Primo? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say something. Maybe Matt Patricia knows that people are fed up with Belichick, with all the stuff that's come out about Brady. Maybe everybody. Maybe the Belichick yeah, the magic. It's somebody mentioned this in recent shows that it's maybe his being there so long. And there's a saying: if you're on a job too long, kind of like my social, my angels, it's kind of time to move on. And the thing about it is maybe, I mean, no one's ever going to let Belichick go. He has his own calling card when he's going to announce it. But I just think that maybe the reason Patricia wanted him also because he felt that, you know, he, he wanted to get out of there because it seems like it's not the most happiest at, uh, work atmosphere to be in. And maybe everybody's just set up with Belichick. I mean, there could be, there's reasons behind that. Obviously, if Gronk had been with Detroit, that would have been an unbelievable help because Gronk makes everybody look so much better. Brady included. Uh, it, go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Todd. I mean, I think having a weapon like Rob Gronkowski is is such a huge advantage just because he's he's a mismatch for everybody. I mean, you try to put a, a safety on him, you know, he might be he might be too too small uh, uh, or or too slow or something like that. You try to put a corner on him, he's definitely too small. A linebacker might be too slow. So, I mean, it's it's really a, a mismatch for a lot of football teams. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, one of those situations where – and I guess that's why I brought the question up too is, is you know, with, with uh, the book coming out uh, about, you know, Brady almost not wanting to be in New England anymore and, and that, that whole divorce, quote-unquote, almost happening – you know, it kind of it, it's just like you said. I mean, are people just kind of done with with Belichick and his ways? And but you know, at the same time, though, look what he's brought to you. He's brought you five championships. So yeah, I mean, what more do you you know? 
is is it a is it a no loyalty factor? Is it is it you know uh, 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 one of those things where they're just tired of his uh, you know military like discipline or however they're they're trying to make it out to sound like? I mean, there I mean you know success is is, is always what you're looking for, but these guys have to understand that there's a price that comes with it. There's sacrifice that comes with it. And, and if that means, you know, maybe not being able to enjoy as much as you want being a new England Patriot or whatever the case may be, then I mean, hey, if, if you want to go and, and, and let your hair down and, and be a, be a, a fun loving person on another football team and, and you don't win anymore, then that's, that's what you're willing to give up. So, it's it is really I, interesting though. I think that story that came out about Gronk and the Lions tells you a lot in reality. I and it, it's really irrelevant whether it's Belichick. It's really irrelevant if it's Brady, but Gronk didn't want to go. And he said, "I'd rather, I'm going to retire. Screw this. I, I'm a, and, and listen, and it don't matter. Those two together, listen, they could be at each other's throats." And it's irrelevant because the end results are W's, okay? And, and if you don't like it, leave. And, and, and listen, Belichick's all about that. And listen, and we can talk about the Super Bowl and about who didn't play, but what is he doing, okay? He isn't doing jack. In fact, he's getting burnt, okay? So whether or not you thought it was the right thing for that that happened in the Super Bowl or not is irrelevant. The end result is they didn't lose that game in the Super Bowl because they didn't have that dude in there. Okay, simple fact, that, that's just the way it is. Look at it, look at the tape, and I'll tell you that. Listen, if you're tired of winning, go someplace else. And if, if you're about winning, you'll stay there. And that's whether it, Tom Brady knows exactly. Listen, Tom Brady needs, needs uh, Bill Belichick like he needs all in the head. In fact, he probably doesn't even do it. He does what the hell he wants, okay? That, that's what it boils down to. Belichick is in charge of everything else, period. And, you know, Tom Brady will do what he wants, when he wants, why he wants, and however he wants. And if Bill Belichick gets on his ass, I don't think he gives a rat or a rip, whatever, okay? The end result's a W. You can rip me all you want, but that's the end result. Now, that's what happens when you've been in the league for 15 years and you've been in as many Super Bowls as they have. It doesn't matter what it is. Brady's going to do what he wants. Those two together, regardless, are the best one-two tandem in the NFL. They have been for years and years, and it's irrelevant. And that that whole story, it, it, to me, it's just lip service. It's something for the media to write about because Tom Brady wouldn't go to any other football team regardless okay and Gronk says I'm not going to any other team regardless so it is what it is and I, I think it's a great story it's a, something great to say but the simple fact of the matter is I'm just I'm, I'm just going to go if there's anybody that should be able to beat them it should be Patricia and they're meeting early enough in the year to where they're not completely complete and uh, and, and any other week probably I'm not going to pick them but uh, this week I'm just gonna, that's my upset special of the week so we got them all covered here, Cuervo. Now, uh, I, I don't know if you want to cover anything before we're out of here, Cuervo, some of the news that happened this week. Anything you want to talk about in the last five minutes? Yeah, Sonny, I wanted to add on to what you were saying. You know, 
I really, I really think this has become an ego issue uh, when you really, yeah. when you really sit down and you think about it. Because here's the thing. So I, I obviously, and I'm not going to repeat the success of the New England Patriots. We all know the story. We all know what they've done. I think it's gotten to a point now where they've taken a step back and they've looked at the accomplishments and they say, okay, who's really responsible? Who, who should be getting the credit for all of this? And I think that's where the ego issue comes in. Uh, I agree. And now it's become a thing where Brady and Belichick are looking at each other like, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be successful. And Belichick's like, no, F you. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be – you wouldn't even be on a, on an NFL roster right now. You never would have made it. So, to me, I, I mean, honestly, like, this, this is either going to go one or two ways. This is either going to be kind of like the Chicago Bulls, and I always refer back to that because – they were such a great dynasty, you know, biased or, or not, whatever you, whatever you think. Got it. Um, but I, I, I experienced it growing up there, and nobody really expected when, when the breakup happened. You know, there were rumors that you know, Phil was was you know, on, on, not going to be around for much longer. At the time, I don't think anybody really knew that that was the last year. The problem with that is when, when Phil rode off in his motorcycle, and I still remember that, that's when everything just kind of crashed down. And I kind of see that happening with the new, happening with the New England Patriots kind of ending the same way. Or this could get really, really ugly, Sonny, and more and more comments are made, more and more statements are made, more things come out. Oh, well, you know, back in 2009, Bill Belichick almost traded Tom Brady. Oh, well, back in 2012, Robert Kraft almost fired Bill Belichick. Like, we're going to hear about stuff that happened years ago, and and it's just going to be an ugly ending to really one of the greatest dynasties in NFL history. Or everybody will just go their separate ways peacefully and – Patriots are just going to be standing there like, damn, we just lost our coach, our quarterback. That would be good. But I, I definitely, Sonny, I definitely think it's an ego issue where they both want their credit and no space. Especially Brady, I think, kind of seems like maybe he doesn't feel like he's getting the credit that he should be. Look, dude, nobody's arguing your greatness as a quarterback and whether you want the approval from Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick or whoever, to me at this point, I think for, for Brady, I don't think he should really care because he's got five rings just like Belichick. He's got billions yep. of dollars in the tank just like Bill Belichick does. He's got more money than Bill Belichick. You kidding me? Yeah, on top of that, dude, you got one of the most beautiful wives and you got, you got a, a family that – you know, you could just ride off into the sunset and, and live live a happy life. Like, who cares? Yep. It 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 is what it is. You're right. I mean, it's amazing what money will do. You're you're Bill Belichick, and you got a beautiful wife. That's pretty sad in itself. My my closing shot, Vontae Davis. 
Just real simple. It just tells you how bad the Bills are. Tim or Todd, what's your what's your go out on this one? Last thing on this, I mean, I, I agree. I think, honestly, the thing is, Tom really, I don't think he reports to Bill. He and Josh McDaniels have such a close relationship, really like brothers. He's the guy that he reports to. And, I mean, you put up with it. They kind of overlook what Belichick says so much. It just if he wants to pop off, he wants to pop off. No one really, no one really cares. What matters is uh, how many championships at the end of the day have you won? What kind of legacy you leave? And do you win or not? That's all anybody cares about. No one cares about other other garbage. And uh, and so that as long as they're together, uh, you know, McDaniel's and Brady, the Patriots will continue to do what they do. And by the way, I was going to tell you really quick that I don't. I like your your thought process on Detroit. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I can't go with them only because when you can't run the ball and you don't play defense and you have a quarterback that has propensity to making horrible mistakes, uh, which he should be doing uh, eight, nine, eight, nine years into an NFL career, I have to go with New England, especially coming off a loss last week. But as far as I'm concerned, I think you're right. And all this is, uh, is really overplayed. Nobody cares after the fact. I mean – the Bulls were dysfunctional with Bill Jackson. I just think when you're at the when you're winning a job so long, things are going to come out, and it's inevitable that these things are going to happen. I don't take it too seriously. I mean, the reality is, what do the Patriots do on the field? And all I see is victory after victory. But that's that's all I that's all I look at. I don't care about the rest. And, and, and it's right. That's all that matters are the check marks underneath the W's. And when you don't get those, you're no good. When you get them, you're good. And you're right. No matter who it is, whether it's Belichick or Brady, if you're not on board with it, go somewhere else and see how much success you have. So that's going to do it for week number three of the NFL. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Red Zone starting. Carson Wentz warming up over there. And Aaron Rodgers out on the football field. It should be interesting. Patrick Mahomes and Ryan as well. And, of course... On the other side, Drew Brees. Everybody have a good one. We're out of here. Bye-bye.